What does the 700 Tapes podcast sound like? What? What does the 700 Tapes podcast sound like? But, but what? What country are you from? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. Do they speak English and what? What? English, motherfucker. Do they speak it? What does the 700 Tapes podcast sound like? What? Say what one more goddamn time. I dare you. I double dog dare you. Say what again. So, I'm going to ask you again. What does the 700 Tapes podcast sound like? It's for entertainment purposes only. And? They don't own the rights to any of the clips they're going to use? Does Roman... Sound like a bitch. What? Does Roman sound like a bitch? N- no. Then why are you trying to fuck me like one? I- I'm not. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Do you read the Bible? Y- yeah. There's this passage I like. Jasperino 2517. The 700 Tapes podcast will contain... Adult humor and language. So if you're easily offended, stop listening now. No! In 2019, Jasperino purchased 700 VHS tapes at a yard sale for $35. He promptly moved them to a safe house deep in the outlands of the Arizona desert. If you're into nostalgia and you like VHS, and if you can find him, maybe you can listen to the 700 Tapes Podcast. on the 700 Tapes Podcast. You know what they call uh, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? I mean, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. And what do they call it? They call it uh, Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. Won't you tell my man that you wouldn't got shit here? So it is. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. Did you just order a five dollar shake? Mm-hmm. That's a shake. That's milk and ice cream. Last I heard. That's five dollars. You don't put bourbon in or nothing? No. You looking at something, friend? You ain't my friend, Paloco. What's that? I think you heard me just fine and punch it. Maybe we should have signed Mount Monroe section. Which one? There's two Monroes. No, there's not. That is Mount Monroe. That is Mamie Van Doren, and I don't see Jane Mansfield. She must have night off or something. Pretty smart. Yeah, I got my moments. Ladies and gentlemen, now the moment you've all been waiting for, the world-famous Jackrabbit Slim's Twist Contest. Now this is where one lucky couple will win this handsome trophy that Marilyn here is holding. Now, who will be our first contestants? Right here. Want to dance? No, 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 no. 
I do believe Marcellus, my husband, your boss, told you to take me out and do whatever I wanted. And now I want to dance. I want to win. I want that trophy. So dance good. All right. And now, the exciting conclusion of Pulp Fiction. Well, well, well. Here we are again. What's up, freaks and weirdos? Welcome once again to the 700 Tapes Podcast, an all VHS, all the time review podcast. We are going to dig out of our crates of movies, VHS movies that we own, that we watch, that we love, and we're going to review them step by step for you. Who are we? I am Jasperino, joined as always by the man, the myth, the legacy, the one who puts the satin on your panties, <laughs> Mr. Roman Alvarado. How you doing, sir? I'm actually doing pretty fucking great. Um, man, I will say, we hope you guys enjoyed that intro, because that is the most work we have ever put into this podcast <laughs> since we started it. That was like a lot of takes, and then I screwed up a lot of stuff getting it up here, so... You are currently listening to take three, take three of the intro. Not that we were speaking on, but no, that we were trying to get our shit together on. And look, that's that's probably the most ed- editing that has been done on the podcast. Absolutely, the most editing, putting the gunshots in there and everything, and getting it right. Don't worry, you will hear our takes in its entirety at the end of the show. Right. If you guys listened <laughs> last week, you'll know that we also did an intro last week, and at the end of the show, if you listened all the way through. You got the outtakes of us trying to get it right. We're going to do that again because we think it's funny. Right. Because everything we give you here is raw and live, baby, live, like a goddamn suicide. That's how we do it here in the outlands of Arizona on a Sunday night. Right. Getting a little bit of a late start tonight. We're going to have a late night tonight, and I love it. Hell yes. I'm starting to feel this thing. I think we talked last time that I've been getting some Halloween stuff together already, even though it's we're just coming up on the end of, of August here. Right. But uh, Halloween starts when we say it starts, and it ends when we say it ends. So we have got some great programming coming up for you. I'm really excited about it. In fact, getting this stuff ready, Mm -hmm. I was a little unprepared when you got here because I got lost in finding Halloween stuff for the Halloween shows. (laughs) I've already got a long list of stuff that I want to put together. Um, I started a YouTube channel today for the 700 Taste Podcast. There's nothing on it yet. I haven't filled out any descriptions or anything. I pretty much entered the email address and the password and got it and got it going. But it's up there. There's no content yet. But what I want to do is, um, obviously, we cannot video record this podcast and put it on YouTube because we use so many clips. As we say in the beginning. We don't own the rights to any of the clips that we use, right. but it, it, it keeps us off of YouTube, I think, because I, I don't know. I just know that <laughs> when I tried to upload my last podcast, they chopped it up really bad every time there was a clip on there that was copyrighted. Damn. So just to reiterate, we mean no copyright infringement. This is all for entertainment purposes only. Believe it or not, we're not getting paid for this. Nope. So we do this out of the... Love. love of our hearts and love. because we love vhs and we love you guys and we do it for fun because we pretty much 
we hang out like this anyway. We yeah. hang out like this anyway. We just figured, uh, let's record it and see if anybody wants to listen to it. And we've been getting some great feedback from you guys that you do actually enjoy our bullshit. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Speaking of, if you're looking for us on social media, on your interwebs, you can find us on Facebook under the 700 Tapes Podcast. If you go to our Facebook page, look at the button that says Join Group. You can go right to our Facebook group. Also called, imagine that, the 700 Tapes Podcast. You can find us on Instagram on the IG tip at 700 Tapes. You can grab us on Twitter. It is Jasperino underscore 700 Tapes. Um, I think that's all we're doing right yeah. now. And I don't think we're on anything else. Uh, they kicked us off Tinder, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Swipe, 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 swipe. <laughs> But yeah, uh, if you want to drop us a line, give us some show ideas, a movie you might want to see reviewed, something that you saw. Uh, if you remembered something we didn't remember on the air and you wanted to throw your phone at us, let us know. You can drop us a line at 700tapes at gmail.com on your interwebs. Find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, iTunes, because we're kind of a big deal. Coming soon... I don't know if you knew this or not. Coming soon to iHeartRadio. What? Boom. Dropping it right there. So, yeah, I'm just waiting to hear back. You know who I never heard back from? Who? Fucking skank-ass Pandora never got back to me. (laughs) I don't know if they just don't want us or what, but you know what? You're going to regret it. If you are on that Spotify Pandora fence, go with Spotify because they carry the 700 Taste Podcast. There, I said it. So, I heard uh, Joe Rogan was switching over to Spotify because we're on it. Oh. That was the whole Shit. thing behind his deal. Hey, look, he was look. like, "Oh, oh, Jasper Roman over there." Look, oh, look, that, I'm gonna have that's to go jump on is. that. Yeah. So, how you been this week? I can't complain. That's good. I'm I know like, you. We're starting a little late because uh, Romans have a little bit of car trouble here and there. Man, and I was gonna ride my motorcycle over here, but it's just too fucking hot in the you know that outlands of the fucking desert right and that's one thing you get used to living in the outlands of arizona is you got to take care of your vehicle because it will overheat yeah it'll get hot you got to check your tire pressure all the time because those tires get hot and they blow out it's a lot you got to make sure your air conditioner is well maintained Mm -hmm. so that blows cool air while you're driving and just all kinds of stuff when you're dealing with this kind of massive hellish devil's balls heat that we deal with here yeah, look, and I, then, I tell uh, people I'd rather you know deal with this heat than anything else because it's going to be here. At least shit isn't falling out of the sky. Well, this is how bipolar Arizona is. If you drive two two hours north, mm-hmm. they got hail. Yeah. Golf ball size hail falling from the sky. Mm-hmm. Ice falling from the sky two hours from here. Yep. And my skin literally started melting off my bones earlier. Driving down. Like, driving back down into the valley, you can definitely feel the fucking degrees change right it's, it's almost like there's a line in in the dirt we and call it the devil's taint <laughs> <laughs> no but all in all i mean even with you know the car trouble for one i have the money to fix it so yep. that is blessed that is yes You're that is there. always the thing um that most people are like fuck you know that they're always tripping right. about so just so happens i have the money to do that that and and i have another vehicle so again yep. being being able to still move around on my motorcycle right cool. um i just knew that you know trying to ride over here so i was i was riding around this morning handing you know handing a little, handling a little bit of business and i got home and i passed out because i was just zonked heat exhaustion man so i can only imagine trying to get 
from Phoenix to here. Right. Look, I'd have, I'd been asleep. <laughs> and the whole time you're like, I don't want to eat a pickle. I just want to ride my motorcycle. <laughs> and I don't want to die. So look, my I just favorite. Just want to ride my motorcycle. My favorite, Cole? favorite, favorite <laughs> song. You know, riding my motorcycle is, I'm a cowboy. On a steel horse I ride, and I want it. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Yeah, that's my shit. You walk these streets? I promise you. Six string on your back? Yes. You goddamn right. (laughs) The funny (laughs) thing is, I belt this shit out while I'm riding. Oh, hell yeah. Like it, I mean. It's got to look great on a motorcycle. Oh, my gosh. Belting. It is fucking hilarious. So, anytime you guys listen to that, think of your good old boy here. Think of your, think of your boy Roman, who does not sound like a bitch. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, that was Look, so much fun. So I just got to give it up to you know my counterpart right here. Um, I walk in, and he's like, "Yo, we have the sickest intro." I'm like, okay, cool. So you know he he's you know rambling it down to me, and I'm just over here hysterical because it's fucking hilarious. It is it again. I was telling. Jasper, you know, I was telling Jasper that it is a, such an iconic scene, especially right, because it's right. Sam Jack. Yep. You know, like anytime you think of him, it's either this one or Snakes on a Motherfucking Plane. Right. Because it is just hellacious. <laughs> so doing this was, a oh man, it was hilarious. <laughs> it's funny because we don't do a whole lot of planning. We usually literally, I mean... Most of the planning and, and groundwork is done by the time Roman gets here because I sit down, I take the notes on the movie, I make the intros, I do the stuff for the trailers, and I find the old movie stuff because I enjoy doing that. And I like it because a lot of times he's hearing it the first time you guys hear it. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I give him a heads up like, oh, we're doing this or we're doing that. But we don't do a lot of planning, but you would be surprised at the amount of laughing we do when we actually sit down and start talking about are we gonna do this are we gonna, oh my god yeah let's do that it's freaking oh, hilarious uh, man. so yeah I'm, this is a very uh a very planned out episode which doesn't happen very often as you guys know this is episode 14 pulp fiction part two or volume two whatever you want to call it i think i put volume two on the picture i made to go on soundcloud so Pulp Fiction, Volume 2, where we pick up where we left off. I said this, uh, I posted a, well, I'll get to the the video I posted on Instagram in a few minutes, but I actually posted on Instagram last night a video where I said, I see a trend here with Tarantino movies. Yep. The last Tarantino movie that we did, we had to do in two parts, which Mm -hmm. was from Dust Till Dawn that he did with Robert Rodriguez. And I said, I'm so glad you said that because it was my exact words where I think we're going to coin this as a Tarantino twofer. Mm -hmm. Every time we do a Tarantino movie, it's probably going to have to be in two parts. Right. Because there's so many layers to it. There's so many things to peel back and look at. So much to talk about. I'm a Tarantino film freak. That's like one of my favorite things in the world. So I really want to delve into it, talk about it, rant about it, do whatever. I've always got funny stories surrounding Tarantino movies or lines or whatever. Right. And uh, I saw a thing, I think it was, I don't know if it was Instagram or Facebook today, that said, uh, say a movie line and then add due to the coronavirus afterwards <laughs> or to, due to the pandemic. Okay. The first one I thought of, of course, was Clerks. I'm not even supposed to be here today due to the pandemic. But the one I thought of Pulp Fiction-wise that made me laugh was, 
I'm a mushroom cloud land motherfucker, motherfucker, due to the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) So many good ones you could use from this movie, though. Yes. Yeah. So I do have a correction I need to make. Okay. The way the the guy that was seating everybody at Jack Rabbit Slim's last time, I said that it was Jack Benny. Uh-huh. And when I was listening to the episode again Monday at work while I was working, mm-hmm. I almost slapped myself in the head. I'm like, I didn't mean Jack Benny. I meant Ed Sullivan. Gosh. He was actually supposed to be Ed Sullivan, not Jack Benny. So there you go. My apologies. Correction. Anybody that caught that and wanted to throw your phone at me or send me a net, uh, Strongly worded email. Correction. Correction. <laughs> I know your father. <laughs> <coughs> Look down there. <laughs> it's so funny that every time I say that, though, I sound less like Rafiki and more like the creepy alien guys from Galaxy Quest. <laughs> mm, Captain, we are nothing without your leadership. Mm. <laughs> or when they tell him, it's just a show. I mean, Surely you don't think Gilligan's Island, they get all sad. And he's like, those poor people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, every time I try to do Rafiki, I'm like, correction, I know your father. Mm. <laughs> so funny. Follow Rafiki. <laughs> he knows the way. <laughs> I laughed because they're, okay, so do you know the Ugandan Knuckles meme? No. So I only know this because I have a teenage son. Okay. A few years ago, there was a big thing. There was a meme all over the internet. It was Ugandan Knuckles. Because I guess there was some format where you could go in and you could be a video game character, but it was like a chat room and you could walk around. But there was a guy from Uganda mm-hmm. as Knuckles walking around asking her, do you know the way? Do you know the way? <laughs> so then when Rafiki said that, uh-huh. I was like, was he talking to Ugandan Knuckles? <laughs> if you don't know what that is, look it up. I mean, it's... It's ancient history as far as memes go now, but it right. was hot. Like five or six years ago, everybody was talking about Ugandan Knuckles, and it was funny. Do you know D-Way? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> we know D-Way to get right. back into this movie. Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. So if you remember, like we don't have any uh, previews this time. Right. We don't have any uh, other stuff that we usually do, tail of the tape, all that, because we already did that for this movie. We went over the IMDb stuff. I think we have, um, do we have one more word, or did we finish all of them last week we do have one more word i almost forgot dude yeah we do have one more word in our secret word contest tried to make it that i got so caught up in halloween stuff that i did not make an ad for this time so we're just gonna slide into this one quietly Mm -hmm. like your mom is downstairs and we don't want her hearing shit that's how i'm sliding into this skinamax Skinamax. on you know three volume three right because you don't want no one to know you're watching it in front of the tv right lights off (laughs) hoping your parents don't come in well it used to be with me like okay so i'm trying to remember the shows that were scandalous at that time but they weren't because i was a preteen but i had one of the old school tvs Mm -hmm. that had the big dials on it and all your like one through 15 or whatever was at the top. Oh, I thought you were talking the actual turn knobs. Yeah, it okay. is. Tick, 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 okay. Tick. So there were two dials and the like the one through 15 or whatever was at the top. The bottom dial was your VHF oh, or yeah, UHF yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like 20 through 99. And, it, and <laughs> instead of going tuk, 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 he went because there were so many channels there. And then every once in a while to get channel 45, like the knob would be messed up. So you'd have to position it perfectly in between the 45 and the 46 <laughs> and then he'd be watching the show and he would click 
out of the in between to the actual number, and it would go all snowy. And you're like, fuck, you gotta fix it. If you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, be thankful for your fucking smart TV that has Roku on it and Netflix right. and all that other shit right. that you ain't turning a dial. And it had a little knob. Like, there was the, the clicker, and then there was a little round knob on the inside of that mm-hmm. that you could turn to kind of fine-tune the snow out of the picture. But anyway, <laughs> I'm thinking, so... I'm thinking Freddy's Nightmares, like late wow. night TV on like Saturdays and stuff. There used to be an actual show called Freddy's Nightmares, and it was like a show where they did like sh- it was like a half hour long, hosted by Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. But it was always stories about some kid getting fucked up by Freddy Krueger. But it was a very sexually oriented show. Like there was a lot of sex, and they didn't show anything because it was regular TV. Mm. But it was still like. When you're 12, 11, 12 years old, like I was watching it, it's just like watching porn almost because mm-hmm. you're seeing a lot of skin you don't usually see, you know. But um, <laughs> I would have it on that, but I would actually have to sit there in the dark with my hand on the dial. So if my bedroom <laughs> door opened, I had to turn it real quick to like, I don't know, Trinity Broadcasting Network. <laughs> I'm watching Praise the Lord. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Getting ready for church tomorrow. Look, you know what sucked? Like, why are your those... pants down while you're watching Praise the Lord? <laughs> I really get into it. <laughs> Have you seen what was her name? Jan. What was her name? Jan oh, uh, Kraut. Kraus. You remember who I'm talking about? Paul and Jan. So anyway. I do. Um, <laughs> we won't go there. The funny thing is, <laughs> I remember growing up with those TVs. Like, it would get to the point to where that that knob would break off. Yes. So you'd have to get like some You're vice fucked. grips or some pliers. pliers yeah, you'd have a little vice grips. Tick, tick, like, tick, yep. tick, tick. Oh my goodness. I do remember that. Man. I, that's the TV I always always end up with because then it would break and my dad would go get a new one and give me the old one. Mm-hmm. So I had like the black and white I said, TV. We had the black and white yeah. ones for sure. So I think I talked about this before with Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, that was later on like when I got my own room mm-hmm. and I could have my own TV and everything. For a while, I watched a bunch of movies in the kitchen. I had a little like ten-inch screen, oh, yeah, black yeah, and white TV, and we kept it under the table. And I would put it up on the kitchen table at night and watch the horror movies and stuff on that. And it was a little black and white TV. <laughs> but then, yeah, later on, when I got into my own room and I had my own TV, it was all about what kind of sexy stuff can I find on TV to watch. And damn right, Freddy's Nightmares. I, I'm sure if I watched them now, I'd be like, oh my god, this is so totally lame. But when I'm 11 and 12, I'm like. Oh my God, she's taking her clothes off. She's only got brown panties on. Oh my God, they're in bed together. Oh my God, oh, Freddy just killed him. Holy shit. Or it would be the same like if I was watching like a, because when they showed Friday the 13th or whatever, they wouldn't show any boobs or anything, but they showed like a lot of the sex and stuff. And I would get in a lot of trouble if I got caught watching that. So I'd always have, I'd be, because the TV was on the end of my bed. Mm. So like on a shelf. So I'd be right on the end of my bed with my hand on the dial, ready to turn that thing if I had to. Like if I'm watching a movie, my arm's getting sore from holding it on the dial, you perverts. My arm's getting <laughs> sore. You know, I'm sitting there in the dark. <laughs> but anyway, holding the knob was all holding, right. I, I was holding the knob, okay? <laughs> I had to turn Sure. It. I had to turn that knob just right. <laughs> that being said, I don't even know how we got on this. So this is the very last word. In our secret word contest. Are you ready? I wish I had a drum roll. It's so anticlimactic. All right. The last word is think. As in, I think, therefore I am. I'm I'm thinking. As in, special ed. 
Think about it. Ah, I went back on that one. You definitely did. Think about it. Ever heard of a chef that can't cook? Hey. Was that, I think that was the line. Anyway. (laughs) Think is the final word in our final word contest. So now you have all the words to the scrambled message. You can put that sentence together. Email the sentence to me at gmail at 700 tapes at gmail.com. And I will send you out. Roman and I have put together a prize package with some cool shit in it. I have one of the things that well, we already kind of gave you a spoiler that we're putting some VHS tapes in there. Mm-hmm. I am holding up something I got to put in the prize pack. I'm oh, showing it to Roman right now. You guys shit. can't see it because we're all audio, but it's That's pretty badass, bad especially sure. for you artist types. But I've been picking up some stuff here and there. This is also going in there. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you guys can be in suspense about that. S- drop me a line with that sentence to 700tapes at gmail.com. We will pick a winner at random and send you a prize pack. You will not be disappointed. You will not be sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, do that. This draws a conclusion to our first contest. I'm yes. pretty excited about that. Hell yes. I want to do more of these in the future. Um, I want to do something. I don't know. I want to do some crazy shit like... Go out and take a picture of yourself somewhere. I, I got inspired by this because my friend Victor mm-hmm. uh, from Cult Classics is in California right now. He's been blowing up the Instagram. Nice. He's pretty much touring Southern California and going to all the different places where movies have been shot at. He's been to the Nightmare on Elm Street house. That's badass. He's been to the Ferris Bueller's Day Off house. Oh, nice. He's been to um, the beach where they film Point Break. He's done all kinds of cool shit like that. He's been taking pictures at these different locations. Mm -hmm. We might do something where take a picture of yourself at a famous location where they filmed a movie or something. I don't know. Something like that. I like having picture contests. Because then we can post the pictures on Instagram and stuff and maybe even have everybody pick the winner instead of us. That would be kind of cool. That's the future, though. We're brainstorming here with you guys, our freaks and weirdos out there listening to this podcast because you have nothing better to do whenever you're doing it. Oh, the YouTube thing I never got back to. Mm -hmm. Sorry. So YouTube, the channel, what I want to do, because I'm putting all the Halloween stuff together, Uh I've amassed quite a Halloween playlist. Oh, shit. So... Did I already tell everybody what we're doing, or am I keeping no, it a secret? I think you're keeping it a secret. All right, secret. I'm not going to say anything until at least September. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm doing, though, is I've amassed a lot of stuff for this Halloween thing we're working on. I've amassed quite a playlist of Halloween-type music from, like, horror movies, nice. horror movie themes, and nice. things like that. Plus, uh, if you're on Instagram, you see that um, Saturday I picked up, like, five or six horror Halloween CDs at the goodwill oh, shit. that not just have sound effects on them but have actual halloween songs so apparently to the monster mash the exactly monster mash. <laughs> in the 50s and 60s writing songs about monsters was a huge thing because i've mm-hmm. got one of these cds with 26 tracks on it damn about monsters and they're all from the 50s and 60s damn can't wait to listen to that i have one of my personal favorites when i was growing up i had a record called dracula's greatest hits mm-hmm. and it was like hits of the 60s but he had changed them to like the one song is said i want to hold your hand it's i want to bite your hand <laughs> he had drack the knife and just uh, <laughs> the king kong stomp and stuff like that it's really cool is he singing in the dracula voice yes oh. absolutely he is <laughs> i want, I want to, to suck your blood yeah i want to bite your hand oh. sure <laughs> it's so cool and i used to listen to that all year round but a lot oh, especially on halloween funny. and i wish i still had that record i don't know what happened to it i had it when i was a kid i moved a lot and god knows where it went but 
I actually found it on YouTube, mm-hmm. and you could download an MP3 of the entire album, so I did. So Aww. I have it, so I can listen to it now. So I'm pretty excited. Nice. But what I wanted to do was on the YouTube channel. Um, is maybe make an extensive playlist that you guys can put on and listen to while you're decorating, nice. getting ready to go out trick-or-treating, or just because you want to get in the Halloween spirit. We're going to do some stuff around and on Halloween that we hope that you'll be able to listen to and do the same stuff with. Like Halloween's on a Saturday this year, so you mm-hmm. have all day to Halloween out before the night, before the sun sets, and it's time to go out and get your Halloween on. That's my take on it anyway, because... I usually take Halloween off. If it's on a weekday when I'm supposed to work, I mm-hmm. don't work. Nice. Like, I don't work on Halloween. That's like my holy day almost, you know? And I right. usually sit around and watch horror movies. I usually pick out the movies way in advance that I'm going to watch on Halloween. I'm very particular about it. Oh, I, I showed you last week on the desk next to you is all of the movies we're doing for the month of October. I've yes. already picked them. And we've got new stuff coming up that we're going to some new, like, uh, uh, what's it called? Gimmicky stuff that we're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty happy. So that being said, there was one other thing that we did on Instagram last night. Gotcha. Before we get back into the movie, mm-hmm. I would like to do this since we don't have any previews or anything to go over. Right. So I posted a video on Instagram last night. And we were at 418 followers. Mm-hmm. Now, let me just speak on that real quick. Right. For the amount of time we've been doing this, some people might say, well, it's kind of a low, whatever. But I like it because all of our followers are organic. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone to any sites where you can buy followers or buy accounts or any of that other shit. You know, you can go and mm-hmm. buy stuff. I want it to be natural. I want it to be organic. I want it to be, if you're following us, I want it to be because you like us and you were interested in what we were doing, right. not because you were paid to do it or you were part of a program that just this you know, automatically does oh, it. Oh, 10,000 followers, you know. So anyway, uh, we were at 418 followers when I made the video, and I said, if you guys tell your friends and people you know about the 700 Days Podcast, tell them to follow our Instagram account. If I get to 420 followers, mm-hmm. by the time I do this podcast, that I would do something special on the podcast just for you guys, for being so awesome and getting us up to 420. If you're following me here for 420, mm-hmm. 420 followers. So I put a little something together. I like to call the 700 Tapes Podcast Smoke Break. So what we're going to do here, I've got a little clip I'm going to play for you guys. We're going to kick back with the microphones for a couple minutes. We're going to let this play. Enjoy it. This is your heads up. Smoke them if you got them. Go get them. If you don't, I don't know what I'm talking about when I say smoke. It could be cigarettes. Whatever you smoke, you're welcome to. We're not saying anything or uh, endorsing anything. Herbal essence. Herbal <laughs> But uh, we may or may not partake ourselves in, in a smoke of a cigarette of That's some something, kind or something. something but here we go. I put this together just as a thank you for you guys. Our 420. That's it for you 420ers out 420 there. 420 strong on the IG. This is for y'all. D F F F What are you people? On dope? Hello, 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 can you hear me? Hello, headquarters. Hello, headquarters. Come in, headquarters. This is Officer Clyde. We Use the are code name, the code name! Headquarters. Headquarters, come in please. This is code name Hardhead. Hat! Hard hat! Give me that. Hello, radio dispatch. 
This is codenamed Hard Hat. Codenamed Hard Hat. Do you read me? Over. Was that Lard Ass? <laughs> hard Hat. Codenamed Hard Hat. Do you read Radio Dispatch? Hey, got something for you, Lard Ass. Hard Hat. Hard Hat. Do you understand? Lard Ass. Lard Ass. <laughs> hard Hat. Radio Dispatch. Do you know who this is? No. Who is this? Is this is Sergeant Sadenko. Oh yeah. You know who this is? No. Bye-bye, lardass. She was living in a single room with three other individuals. One of them was a male, and the other two, well, the other two were females. God only knows what they were up to in there. And furthermore, Susan, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to learn that all four of them habitually smoke marijuana cigarettes. Reefers. are enjoying your smoke break intermission intermission if you will mm-hmm. and we're back welcome back we hope you guys are a little more laid back a little more mellow mellow yellow mellow yellow hopefully you guys ran to the kitchen and got you some fixings right you know. took a little break <laughs> hope you're not like fatty wap cooking pies in the kitchen with the baby <laughs> fatty wap <laughs> I'll be cooking pies in the kitchen with my baby. 
I don't think he was are. talking about actually baking. Like, no, he was talking. Like a cake. He wasn't making no cakes. No, he's a trap queen. I know he Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, Pulp Fiction. Yes. Volume 2. Volume 2. If you recall. I think, it, I think that's very fitting since, you know. Uh, Kill Bill. Kill Bill. Kill Bill. For sure. Very fitting. Kill Lil Bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lil Bill. Anyway. Move, move your big toe. Move your big toe. <laughs> so if you remember, we left off with uh, Vince and Vega and Mia Wallace. Yep, Vince is in the bathroom, if I'm not mistaken. Well, or did he not so, make it to the bathroom? Okay, well, they were, he was about to the bathroom because what had happened was they were Jackrabbit Slims. Mm-hmm. They did the iconic twisting Twist. scene with mm-hmm. the Watusi and that whole thing. And then, yeah, we had just left off where they had come home. They were kind of doing the tango, and he mm-hmm. dipped her back. She turned the alarm off. Mm-hmm. And then he was he ran to the bathroom, and she put the music on, and she was, Girl, <laughs> you'll be a woman soon. And she's dancing, throwing her head around. She's got Vincent's jacket on. And then she sits down, and she's going through his pockets. And Vince, Vincent Vega, mm-hmm. my man, is in the bathroom trying to talk himself out of making a move on Mia because mm-hmm. just a big man's wife, mm-hmm. you'll end up flying through four stories and, uh, and, you know, through and the greenhouse. Greenhouse, for fucking, sure. Fucking up the way you talk. Talk about it. It's from the bong. It's from the <laughs> bong, right? Right through the greenhouse. <laughs> Dr. Green Thumb. Dr. Green Thumb. Hello, my name is Dr. Green Thumb. <laughs> so he's talking to himself in the mirror, and he's like, you're going to go home. You're going to have your, have your drink. Right. But drink it fast. Then you're going to go home, jerk Check. off, and you're going to go to sleep. <laughs> Meanwhile, while he's talking all this shit to himself, Mia has gone through his pockets mm-hmm. to find a lighter because she was going to light a cigarette. Mm-hmm. She found a lighter, but she also found a baggie of heroin mm-hmm. that's in a baggie, not a balloon, mm-hmm. because earlier when he was with he's, he's, uh, what's was his face? Eric Stoltz, mm-hmm. he had to put it in a baggie because he was out of balloons. Remember I said this can be very important later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mia Wallace thinks it's cocaine, proceeds to chop it up and do a line of it, and then I don't know how long Vin, Vin, in Vincent was in the bathroom because when he comes out, she is... Fucked. And she's obviously been there for a minute. I don't know if he decided to just pop one off right there. Right. So he wouldn't be tempted. Right. But I put on my uh, notes, oops, she OD'd. <laughs> Oopsie poopsie. I always thought that would be a good greeting card. Oops, you OD'd. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> so you've got diabetes. <laughs> you got the sugars. <laughs> yeah. So you caught the hiv. <laughs> They should let me write greeting cards. Remember that oh, Family Guy? Oh, you have AIDS. <laughs> Not just HIV, but full-blown AIDS. I wish it was something less serious. <laughs> uh, I think the present ones would be, you caught um, the shiv. Right. <laughs> Shank. You caught the rona. My, 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 my corona. My corona. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Oops, Mia Wallace OD'd. Her nose is bleeding. She's got foam, foam coming out her mouth. Bit by rabies. Yep. And uh, so then it's this is a cool shot because it's just a close-up of her ODing face. Mm-hmm. And you can hear John Travolta, but you can't see him. You're just seeing her face. You hear him 
Okay, Mia, listen, I gotta go. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck me. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Sandra D, no. Right. So he's oh, flipping well, it. Oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, oh. Give me more, give me more. Well, she OD'd on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, oh, well, oh, well, oh. <laughs> that's funny. You're the one I don't want. Because, look, that's, I promise you, that's what I thought of. Like, the way he's talking, he's like, come on, Sandra, come on. Right. Come on. That's, I think that's the second Grease reference you've made in the last couple of weeks, too. Look, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm trying to tell me something. I'm definitely, you know, a Grease fan. I don't you know? know that I could cover Grease. Um, it's one of those, uh eh. How do you cover a musical, like? Well, look, I don't know. But if we did one, I think it'd have to be, like, West Side Stories. That's right. my shit. Repo, the genetic opera, is the one I would do. Damn, what you is see? that? <gasps> it's yeah. too much to go into. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. Yo, I digress. Yeah, right? Ooh, shit. So, um... <laughs> What was I going to say? So, so she's OD Oh, I have an couch. unpopular opinion. Of, of? I like Grease 2. Not only do I like Grease 2. I've never, I've never seen it front to back. Oh, really? Not only Ugh. do I like Grease 2, I like it better than Grease 1. Roman just walked out of the studio. He dropped his mic. Dude, look what you did to the... Th- <laughs> oh, shit. Our little heartbeat thing on the... On the uh, EKG? Yeah. Oh. Damn, you had a stroke right about there. That was a 7.7 on the Richter scale, I think. Holy Man, Roman shit. threw down his headphones. Is that is that Michelle Pfeiffer? He dropped the mic and he bounced. So who, yes, so, Michelle Pfeiffer. What Michelle is, like, fucking Pfeiffer. What? So give me the rundown of Grease too, because I I isn't it like a drag race or some shit? Yes, that's why it's cool. It's cooler. Like the songs are cooler. She sings that whole song about he's hell on wheels. It's all sexy. Oh. And then they have that whole uh, biology class with the song about sex education and all, where did the pollen go? <laughs> no? Couldn't, couldn't tell you. Okay, anyway, I like Grease too, and I actually like it better than the original Grease. So you if, might as well fucking like, you know, uh, uh, Twilight then. And if you guys ain't down with that, I got two words for you. Yo, so I have I do have a Twilight reference though. Oh, boy. How so, did you get to Twilight from look, Grease? Look, look, look. The reason, because it's a very unpopular thing. Oh, I get But... You. This is going to make you smile. Okay. So. (laughs) I'm smiling already. It's going to make you smile because this comes from a seven-year-old. I think she's seven. All right. We'll go with nine just to be on the safe side, but she's less than Less than Jake. So, my friend's daughter, they were watching, and it's a girl. Okay. And it's a girl. You know, I'm I'm preferencing all of this out. So, they're, uh, they're watching Twilight, right? And she stops... Her mom, she says, Mom, why is he sparkling? Isn't he supposed to be catching on fire? Yes! (laughs) So she was like, she was appalled. She was appalled by (laughs) him sparkling in the sun when she knew... From the mouths of babes. He should be fucking blowing up. That's funny. (laughs) I'm like, hell yes, that's badass. Mommy, why isn't his skin melting off his face? (laughs) Exactly. Why isn't he melting? But he's, he's sparkling in this... That's I think, funny. Look, That's as absolutely a, funny. I'm going to say from a 7 to 10-year-old, she was appalled. I'm proud. Very. I want to meet her so very, I can shake her hand. Very. Because I was like, holy I'm shit. Like, That's what it, <laughs> that probably would have been me. So this is what I always do when uh, she Shout was out like. Shout to Denise and her daughter. She was like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> All right. So I always do that. You remember the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving cartoon? So what? The Great Pumpkin? Yeah, no, not the Great Pumpkin. Oh. That's Halloween. 
The Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Oh, one. you said Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, and we'll probably play a little bit of that around Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. But, um, dude, we should just do a special episode where we cover it because that would be awesome. Anyway, um, they do that whole thing where Pepper and Patty and Marcy and um, um, ah, Franklin are coming over mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving dinner, but they're not having Thanksgiving dinner. So they decide to make their own and they make like popcorn and pretzel sticks and jelly beans. You've seen this, right? You yes. know what I'm talking about? Yes. And then they sit down and they, Pepper and Patty staring at her plate. Remember? And she has that big freak out where she's like, what is this? Where's the mashed potatoes and gravy? Where's the turkey? Where's the, you know. But I always joke like the original cut of that Peppermint Patty sits down and looks at her plate and she's like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> so every year there's one thing my kids and I always did religiously and it was watch those peanut specials. On Halloween, on Thanksgiving, and on Christmas. That's what we did. We always sat down and watched them at least once, if not more than once. But on that Thanksgiving one, every single time, as soon as Pepper and Patty went to open her mouth, I would go, What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> Look, it's just like when I watch like on YouTube, it's the, the oh, Juggernaut the, videos. The nigga Look, like that too. <laughs> so the Juggernaut video is like... <laughs> I'm the, I'm the juggernaut, juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, he comes out of nowhere, he'll bust through a wall, fuck up somebody. Oh, my God, that's funny. And then he funny. keeps yelling, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's hilarious. And, yes, those nigga turtles are funny, too. So, oh, unfortunately, God. there was no God. juggernaut or uh, turtles to save <laughs> Mia Wallace before she could overdose. No, but she probably saw him. So, now she probably saw him, yeah. That's, <laughs> So now um, Vincent's got Mia in his car, and he's speeding to Lance's house, mm-hmm. who he bought the drugs from. Mm-hmm. And he's got Lance on the cell phone, the mm-hmm. very old cell phone, old school, like flip style cell phone, which was probably state of the art back. For dude, sure. I, I didn't For have sure. a, Okay, this was 1994, 1995. So most people didn't have a cell phone. Dude, my phone, I didn't have a cell phone that looked like that till the early 2000s. Damn. And then right after that cell phone, I got the Razor. I got all high tech. I had a Razor. Oh man, I love that thing. Look, the Razor was the iPhone before the iPhone. I'm That's true. Because that like, I had a could, Razor. I had a Razor. Butt, Hell yeah. Sure. And I, I was like, well, I wasn't because the reason <laughs> I liked the Razor is because mm-hmm. I'm a geek. Okay. I like flipping it up and going Kirk Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't getting no tail with Kirk Enterprise. I'm just telling you that. So anyway. that was the hot ass phone out. Like I, I, dude, I remember for a little while dude, they tried to make the Matrix it. phone. Yeah, it didn't last, but it was badass. I loved it though because it was so thin and it was cool looking. And just and think, then they re-released it recently, but it's fifteen hundred bucks. Fuck that! Like right? with just think with the you know with the flip phone, you could dramatically hang up on a motherfucker. Oh yeah, clink. You're, nah, you didn't look. You're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep talking that click. Right. <laughs> Close the phone. It is over. You didn't got to press no buttons, no nothing. Right, you're fucked. That's what it is. <laughs> it Say is what it is. Hi, to my dial tone. Beep. <laughs> so anyway, so he's on his cell phone. And he calls Lance. Lance is watching the Three Stooges mm-hmm. on his TV. And do you remember what episode it was? No. I love this part because I'm such a Three Stooges freak. Gotcha. It's the one where Shemp. Remember we talked about shimp? the Shemp, the mm-hmm. fake Shemps. Fake Shemps. We're right back to it. Nice. Um. It's the one where Shemp found out, found out he had a, a rich uncle mm-hmm. that died, and he was due to inherit a bunch of money by midnight on a certain day, but he had to be married in order to get the money. Damn. 
So every woman in town just about found out about it. all his exes. Everybody was coming out of the woodworks to marry him to get the money. Mm-hmm. So there's like 30 or 40 women in there trying to get married to him at the same time. And they're all running around throwing pies and all that shit. <laughs> and the, pre- the preacher guy keeps going because he'd come up with another woman and he'd be like, hold hands, you love birds. And another woman would run up and beat that chick up and take her place. <laughs> hold hands, you love. So finally... The priest gets hit over the head, like with a, a pan or a birdcage or something. And then cage. he gets up and he's all like staggering. And there's another girl there and goes, Hold hands, you love birds. <laughs> but that's the episode. <laughs> that's the episode that uh, Lance is watching on his TV. And he's also eating cereal, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool because he's eating fruit brute. Fruit brute. So while we're talking about fruit brute, uh-huh. I got to give a shout out. Okay. To my lady, okay, my beautiful lady Ro. Uh huh. My birthday was last Tuesday. Right, right, right. And among other things, she got me that NECA Predator right there right. that's in front of you. That's, that's badass. badass. Oh my God, she knows me so well. Badass. The the it's the NECA Jungle Hunter Predator. But the reason I brought this up was because she got me a three pack of cereal mm-hmm. because Halloween's coming. Mm-hmm. Count Chocula. Okay. Frankenberry. Okay. Booberry. Oh. Uh, dude, nice. three three whole boxes. Nice. So naturally, I hid them up here because I don't want to share them because I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> One of the kids was up earlier and he was like, are you hiding cereal up here? I'm like, yep. Yep. I was like, yep. You're going to share with us? Nope. <laughs> you got to make changes. <laughs> Look, and just because you found you it here. got E40 again. Just because yep. you found it here. Nope. You're not going to see it again. Yeah, right. Not in this particular spot. You nope. liking that cereal there? Yep. Yep. You gonna share with us? Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> got, everybody got choices, right? So it's cool because I've really been enjoying, and uh, the guys I work with are gonna give me shit about this because I come in late sometimes. I've really been enjoying in the morning getting up mm-hmm. and watching a horror movie, nice, and eating some cereal before nice. I leave. It's like I did something with my day. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always told off on myself. I don't watch an entire movie. Uh-huh. I watch it in pieces. Like I started watching Chopping Mall, and I'm just working my way through. You know, 15, 20 minutes here or there before I go to work. You gotcha. know, cause it's kind of cool. I eat a bowl of cereal, mm-hmm. got the door. I'm a lot happier. I'm in a better mood. It's like your morning joint. Exactly. You know, it's like, like a wake and bake, but with horror movies and sugary cereal. It's makes beautiful. Sense. It makes sense. So anyway, Lance is watching Three Stooges eating fruit brute. He's living a charmed life. So then Vincent calls. And he's like, hey, man, I got trouble. I'm headed your way. And he's like, what's going on? He's like, I got this chick. She's OD. Don't bring he's that like, bitch here. Yeah. And he's like, then you bite the bullet and you take her to a hospital. And he's like, nope, no time for that. I'm cut. And he's like, wait, are you talking to me on a cell phone? I don't know who you are. I'm hanging up now. Click. <laughs> Just as he does that. Here's <sighs> Tarantino loves doing this where you're looking at one thing but hearing something totally different. Mm-hmm. Where, okay, so Trudy comes out. Is it Trudy? No, his it's wife's name is... Judy. No, Trudy was her friend. No, but it's, I think her name is Judy. Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, in either case, his wife comes out and she's like, I thought I told you not to tell those assholes not to be calling here this lady. He's like, I did. And I hung up on him and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, what the fuck? And then as they're arguing... You hear a crash out on the front lawn, and it's Vince, Vincent, and he's got Mia with him. So they go running out there, and they get into it again. He's like, do not. This bitch is not going to die on my lawn. Get her out of here. And then he's like, do you know who this is? This is Marcellus Wallace's wife. You do know who Marcellus Jody. Wallace is. Jody, thank you. I knew it was Jody around. Jody and Trudy. There we go. I, was, I knew it was around there. 
Trudy had a big old butt. I knew I told you I'd be true. <laughs> was Trudy one of the names of that song? I think it was. Trudy had a big old butt. Well, if not, we'll go with it. You know what yeah, we'll go with it. Anyway, so they're arguing. Well, I know it was Keisha for sure. Right? <laughs> so he knew. It's funny. Everybody in this movie knows who Marcellus Wallace is. Right. So he's like, you do know who Marcellus Wallace is. He's like, yeah. And he goes, well, if she dies on your lawn, I'm going to I'm gonna be forced to tell him that you could have helped and you didn't. He goes, she dies on your lawn, I'm a fucking grease stain. <laughs> and he's panicked. Like, yeah. Pretty cool through the whole movie. He's panicked at this point. Mm-hmm. So if she dies, it's his ass, and he knows it. Mm-hmm. So they take her inside. And they're running around, and he's telling his wife, go get my little black medical book. And she's like, where is it? And he's like, it's in that room over there. And she's like, I can't find it. So they're running around screaming at each other. He's getting a hypodermic needle, looking for his black medical book, which he goes in the room and throws shit around, and he never finds it. Right. You ever have that room in your house? Uh, it's usually called the junk drawer. You know but he had a whole junk room. But he had a whole junk uh, room. He's digging through, knocking sure. boxes over. And she, so she comes. I fucking told you you couldn't find I've been telling you for six months to clean this room. <laughs> ah, this is not the time or place no. for that. There's somebody ODing on your, on your carpet. Look at his, Can his, we not talk about the fucking junk room right now? And how you been telling me for six months to clean it? Such a woman trait. Time and goddamn place. <laughs> Time and place. That's I, all look, I'm saying. It is always like it, if you've noticed, like anytime some bullshit is happening, especially when it's the bullshit that's your fault. Right. You get all the bullshit. All the shit leading like, up to that bullshit. You're like, come on, in this very present moment, let's right. get let's deal with this. But you want to bring up everything right now? Right. You. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Killing me, Smalls. <laughs> so anyway, they finally get their shit together enough that they've got Mia on the floor. They ripped her shirt open, and he's got the needle and the adrenaline because they're going to give her an adrenaline shot straight to the heart, mm-hmm. which I read somewhere would have fucked her up anyway. Like they said, without by doing that, the way they did it, mm-hmm. without her being in constant supervision of a nurse or medical practitioner of some kind, she probably would have died in a few days anyway from complications from it, for not being administered right and not being tended to right afterwards. I guess there's things you have to do. I'm not a medical person. So we couldn't have we couldn't If I got any of my RNs or anybody out there, what? We couldn't have MacGyvered this bitch because that was definitely That was MacGyver. totally some MacGyver <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> I'm going to take this ballpoint pen and give you... <laughs> right. So um, did you ever say a Saturday Night Live skit, MacGruber? No. So it was MacGyver, but it was MacGruber, uh-huh. and they had sent him to uh, diversity sensitivity training. Oh. <laughs> so like he didn't know how to say it. And they were trapped in this room, and he's trying to tell the guy which wire to cut. He's like, that one right there, and he's because he was tied up. Mm-hmm. He's like, cut that wire right there. Which one? This one? No. The other one. This one? Because it's a black wire, but he doesn't <laughs> want to say black. So he's like, it's, it's the... Uh, the, the african-american wire <laughs> so funny <laughs> I'm and then watch it now. and then it takes too long and the building blows up and they all die it's so funny oh. anyway mcgruber <laughs> so they finally got the adrenaline shot they ripped her shirt open and he's asking um I, I, jody I, I have to ask this okay who the fuck was the chick on the couch that's trudy no yes there was there was four of them there what? So now it's wait a minute. So look, so there's a random chick on the couch. No, though. random. I promise you. I've seen this movie. It's a random chick on the couch. Times. Are you serious? So so if you think about the scene, because there's an iconic shot, like and it's a badass shot of them. So, um, it's Uma Thurman, 
John Travolta, Jody, uh, her husband, and I think the chick is like a like a little fat Asian chick or something. What? Yeah. All right. Look, so, see? Wait a minute. Who's that? Who's right behind right. John Travolta? We're going right to do there. something we don't do very often here. I'm pulling this up on YouTube. We're going to watch it. Yeah. So I don't know. Go. We might have to pause here. Oh God, we don't want to freaking. No, no, we don't. We don't like ads. Skip the ad. Here we go. So that's Trudy right there. Oh, okay. And she gets up and walks over. But I'm looking for another person. Okay, so I didn't know. I didn't know who that was behind. Right here, that's Trudy that was there earlier. Is there a fourth person? No, no, no. Well, she is the fourth person. Because she's gonna come over. Right. I just didn't know who the fuck that was. So he's asking her here for a magic marker so he can mark her chest and she doesn't understand what he's saying. So we might as well play through this since we're playing it because it's fun. Right. So he's filled up the thing with adrenaline. Hurry up, man. Hurry up. Here, I'll tell you what to do. Here, now they're going to argue over who gets the shot. I ain't giving her the shot. I ain't giving her the shot. I've never done this yeah, before. I ain't never done it before either, all right? I ain't starting now. Look, you brought her here, and that means that you're going to give her the shot. The day that I bring an OD and bitch to your house, then I give her the shot. Give her the shot. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so now the felt pin has shown up. They have to go through her breast. They have to break through the sternum, yeah. Uh, so he's marked it. He's dumping on her chest. There's a breastplate. So Trudy's freaking out back there. Again, I didn't know who the fuck she was. Watch, she'll walk over. Right, she looks and I was like, get through her breastplate into her heart. All right, and then once you do that, you press down on the plunger. Okay, then what happens? I don't know. See, she wandered over. Right, because she's just sitting there. So now Trudy's wandered over and she's watching too. Now John Travolta's about to stab her. Close up on Mia's face. A, a chunky Asian woman. <laughs> she could be. Here we go. Very tense. Right. They're looking at the dot on her chest. Three. Oh! <laughs> right in. Oh, look, she's awake. Again, right there, I thought she's got she, the needle sticking out of her chest. Then she looked like she's yeah, like a chunky Asian right, right there. Yeah, and then she jumped back on the. This is my favorite part of the scene right here. Look, right that here. that shot right there is bull. Yeah. Is, is fucking beautiful. Right here, right here. Hang on. Something. Here it comes. His wife. That was fucking trippy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Fran Drescher. That's so funny. That was Mr. Actually, Sheffield. Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> If I wasn't so hot, you wouldn't stand my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the funny thing is, all right, Sunday Confession. I fucking loved The Nanny growing up. Oh, yeah, I used to watch it. Like, it, it was like almost Ain't no shame in your game. Ain't guilty no pleasure. You're, like, You're good. Is she going to drop a boob today? Yeah, whatever, that was right. never going to happen. Of course not. But I don't even think there's any movies where she did that. But you're hoping. I've looked. <laughs> I've done extensive study on the, on the subject. Anyway, so that's a great scene. I love it. And it's actually, it's cool that we spent so much time on this scene because mm -hmm. that's actually the picture I used nice. for the picture that's going up for this episode. Nice. Because I thought everything else was cliche and expected. Like, mm -hmm. nobody ever uses that scene. It's actually the scene of him, the picture of him with his hand up in the air about to stab her. And nice. everybody's looking. So you freaked me out really bad because I thought you had noticed something in this movie that I had never seen. Again, I didn't. I didn't know that was Trudy. No, it's all good. I actually liked it because I was flipping out. Like Holy I've seen shit. this movie two hundred times. <laughs> I've been watching it for twenty five years. There's no way there's something in the background I missed because I have scoured this movie almost in slow motion like, to notice shit. things in the background. 
So as we heard, they stabbed her with the adrenaline and she woke up. And I love it when his wife, (laughs) that was trippy. (laughs) 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 Fucking funny. Total pothead response. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. It's a heroin addict all day. So uh, just so you guys know, drugs are bad, okay? okay. It's a public service announcement from the 700 okay. podcast and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, okay? Okay. So now we have an awkward drive home, right? Right. And uh, it's like, she's She's fucking pale she's as a ghost. Up. She, yeah. And I, like, my thought in this in this whole thing is still like, if I'm if I'm you know, John Travolta, right? I'm still probably gonna fucking die. Like there's no ifs ands or buts about it. You know, like you have to think. You've taken my wife through all of this. I shit. know, but that's the next part. He's not gonna find out. No, no, no. I'm I'm just saying. It's it's one of those uh, like I, me in my mind. I'm like he's still gonna kill me. Oh I'm, oh oh shit! Yeah, like, I got oh, you. I'm fucked. Like right. She didn't die. She she died and came back or whatever right. the fuck you want to call it. Like. I'm. They're gonna find another four stories and another <laughs> another greenhouse. Another greenhouse. Doctor Green Thumb. <laughs> so they get to the walk, and he's like, "So how are we handling this?" And she was like, "If Marcellus found out about what happened tonight, I would be in more trouble than you would." And he goes, "I highly doubt that." Right. And then she's like, "I figured what he doesn't know." Ain't going to hurt him. And I'm the dirtbag at this point that would have said, well, since we're keeping secrets. <laughs> horrible. I know you just OD'd, but I've already stuck something in you once tonight. Right. And, uh, anyway. No, so then um, he agrees. So they agree not to say anything about what happened. Thank mm-hmm. God. And then she asks Vincent if he wants to hear the joke from the pilot. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. So she says, there's three ketchup bottles walking. Or fuck, I fucked it up. She says, there's three tomatoes walking down the street. A daddy tomato, a mama tomato, and a little baby tomato. A little baby tomato is kind of straggling behind a little bit. So the papa tomato goes back and he squishes him with his foot and he goes, ketchup. Ketchup. <laughs> and as if the joke wasn't bad enough, I blew the fucking punchline. Yeah. Nah, that sucks. I'm the joke dick today. Damn you. The joke is on you. I feel like I need to follow it up with a better joke, but I don't have one. All my jokes are literally that lame. Damn. And I can't even think of one right now. So you're mustard right now, huh? Mustard? Trying to catch up. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeti! Oh. I got him! <laughs> Disco! That was good. Oh. Yeah, respect, respect, respect. I, I shouldn't have taken that smoke break. I think <laughs> what my problem is. So anyway, uh, so now Tried we go. Tried to make me go to rehab. I, I said, said no, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, Amy, I miss you. I let me tell you. Look, this is if that wasn't like the perfect song right now because we look. All right, Peter, Amy Winehouse, but boy. Was she a bag of heroin? <laughs> oh my god, but I loved her. Smoked her kneecaps off. Dude, there was something just sexy about that one. People didn't get it. People didn't was, think people like I, I don't would, even like white chicks. I would say that and like people wouldn't get it, but I thought Amy Winehouse was sexy as hell. And they were like, Oh, she's all cracked out. I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> right? Whoop whoop. Oh, shit. So now we cut 
immediately to little Butch mm-hmm. in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. We all know what scene this is. Mm-hmm. He's watching a little cartoon on TV with the Eskimo, mm-hmm. and it's very racist because the Eskimo is like, Oh, that dog thinks the totem pole is real. (laughs) So I looked that cartoon up, actually. It's called Clutch Cargo. And it's from the late 50s, early 60s, obviously. Obviously. But it was on for like three or four years. It was a big cartoon. That was, you know, what it was back then. Clutch Cargo is the name of that cartoon. I don't know what the Eskimo character's name is. I looked it up, but I didn't write it down. But yeah, that was the name of the cartoon. Oh, he thinks the totem pole is real. It's been here for a long time. <laughs> Which I don't get because Eskimos aren't Asian. Like, I thought they I guess were like... Kind of, maybe, but they're native. Like, I thought they were like native and Asian. Well, I think my personal belief is that all natives, I think, came from Asia at some point gotcha. through that land bridge across the continents. But now they're saying that there's been people that were here 10,000 years before that. So it's hard mm-hmm. to say. Anyway, right. uh, you know, geographically speaking, tried to make me go to know. rehab. I said no no, 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 no. And if you're offended, we told you in the beginning. Right. We don't know. She also wrote. <laughs> you said you don't like white girls. Uh-huh. Let's go back. Uh-huh. She also wrote that one song about. Which one? Back to black or being mm. yeah. Oh my god. Anyway. Oh no, she was no. She was a hell of an artist for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, she was. I'm just saying. I was talking and, about the back to black. Cute. You know, she was. She was actually. There was, really, there was something you know attractive about her that. Yeah, because she was her own person. Yeah. Same thing Lady Gaga's got. Gotcha. Because I don't think Lady Gaga's hot, but I do think she's sexy. Because there is a difference. Yeah, yeah definitely. Between hot definitely. and sexy, there is a, a big difference. That and I think confidence. Sexy know. has everything to do, yeah, with the mm-hmm. way you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's get off that subject and into the subject of people shoving watches up their asses. How about that? There's a switcheroo for you, ladies and gentlemen. So now um, Butch is sitting there watching his racist cartoon and Christopher Walken comes in in his full military garb and his mom's like, Butch, honey, there's someone here to see you. He knew your daddy. Not in a biblical sense. Anyway, so Christopher Walken comes. He kneels down. He's like, hey, Butch, I don't do a good Christopher Walken. I wish I did. Right. He holds up the gold watch, and he's like, I got this gold watch. And he tells the story. Your great-grandfather bought it in Missoula, Montana, wherever, blah, 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 at the dime store. And then he was shot down in World War I. But he came home, and he passed it on to your grandfather, who was in World War II. But your grandfather wasn't as lucky as he was, and he didn't make it back. But he gave it to a Japanese soldier who brought it back, blah, 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 and gave it to your father. And your father was with me in Vietnam when we got captured by the gooks. <laughs> he goes, and he knew if they saw that watch, they'd confiscate it. Greedy grabbing. Oh, my God. He's song. like, he goes in. And damn, if they're going to get their goddamn yellow hands <laughs> on your birthright. <laughs> Whatever he said, like something horribly, horribly racist. Right. It's like, so he shoved this watch. The only place he knew they wouldn't look, up his ass. <laughs> and he held this watch in his ass for two years until he got dysentery and died when he passed the watch on to me. Then I had it. I held this uncomfortable piece of metal up my ass three years. for three years. <laughs> and now I'm here to give it to you. <laughs> I, look, 
in in that moment. I got a tear in my eye right now. Oh shit! You got a watch in your ass too. Oh I, no! I, I would have I would a tear in your eye if you had a watch up your right, ass. Right, right. Make you cry a little bit. Look, my thought is: Do you smell it? No. <laughs> and I would say, no, you don't. But instinctually, I bet that is the first fucking thing he did. As soon as Christopher Walken was out of his line of goddamn sight, I guarantee you, oh, it went up, and he—it wasn't a long; it was just a, a acquisitive up to his nose, quick little. Look, <laughs> look, and then and then he sat back and he was like, "I didn't know they had filibertos in Vietnam." <laughs> that smells like when I have filibertos. He's like. Is that beef strogi? Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Is that beef beef strogi? Look, why, why does it smell like semen? Oh I don't understand. Gosh. That is hilarious. Like, oh my god! I can't believe you went there. That's you, funny though. You got to think he's probably eight <laughs> at the most. He's probably eight. You think? You think he kind of rubbed it against his face? Ugh. I love you, daddy. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> right? So. Ugh. Then there's a, a quick cut to grown-up Butch sitting straight up because he was asleep, asleep like he was right. remembering the... <gasps> so then he's in his get-up. He's in his boxing, boxing attire, the Uniform. trunks, the, the gloves. He's already gloved up and everything. He's got the robe on. Mm-hmm. And then it's time to him to go to his fight. Remember, in the fifth, your ass goes down. In the fifth. Say it with me. In the fifth. My ass, ass goes, goes down. down. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's not the way things worked out. Butch actually ends up killing the guy that he's fighting. And um, what you're, and this is another cool shot because you're seeing the outside of the building mm-hmm. and you're hearing a radio. And they're talking about, it has been confirmed. He is dead. Butch, whoever took off out of here, I've never seen anybody move so fast. And he didn't know he'd killed the guy. Mm-hmm. So then they show Butch jumping out that window into the dumpster to escape. So, and now Marcellus is not happy. Right. So now this is where uh, Vincent's walking with that other black guy yep. from the bar. From the not bar. with Jules. Right. Because Jules is off having adventures like Kane on Kung Fu that we'll see at the end of the movie. Because mm-hmm. this all happens out of order. This is all happening after the end restaurant scene. Right. So that's why Jules isn't there. So, this is where uh, Marcellus Wallace, they're like, what do we do? And he's like, I'm prepared to scour the earth for this motherfucker. If he's hiding in a bowl of rice in Indochina, I want a motherfucker there ready to cap his ass. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Butch lost a lot of money in this thing. So, I I wanted to say it last episode. Um, The whole whole ride with, uh, what's, what's the... Esmeralda Villalobos. Yes. The whole ride with her, uh-huh. I, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the movie Sin City took a little bit of that. Like, oh, absolutely. Just, that just whole from, noir look. Yes. Actually, they, I would say Sin City and Pulp Fiction drew from the same type mm-hmm. of film. Just Sin City did the whole movie like that. Mm-hmm. Tarantino did that one film, like one part of his film like that, which is something I wrote down. Um, so now, yeah, Butch is in the taxi with mm. the actress Angela Jones, um, who is Esmeralda Villalobos. And we talked a little bit about last time why people made a big deal out of this scene. I think 
if there was now I love Pulp Fiction it's my favorite one of my favorite movies of all time mm-hmm. if there was anything I would remove from this movie it would be this scene gotcha I feel like it slows the whole movie down. It's a good bit of dialogue, and it was actually longer to begin with, and they shortened it, which is really good. Right. But I feel like you've got continuous shit happening, and then it's just kind of flat lines for five or ten minutes for this scene. But And it doesn't give any character development. Well, it it lets you a little bit into the mind of Butch, because she's like, you're him, you're the guy. And he's like, what? And she's like, you're the boxer from the radio. And he's like, well, how do you know that? But he's being sarcastic because he's right. taking his gloves off his hand as he's talking. And then um, that's when she tells him that he killed the guy. He didn't realize he killed the guy. Right. But he was like, oh. Sucks to be him. Shouldn't oh, have well. Got, shouldn't have got sh- the ring with me this time. Right. He was like, he shouldn't have gotten the ring if he wasn't ready. So you're learning things about Butch and how he feels about his profession. In the longer version, he actually goes more into it really? and pretty much says that it was insulting to him as a boxer that that guy being unprepared would have even stepped into the ring with him. Damn. And it's like, damn, yeah, exactly. So she's Crying. like, yeah. So then she's like, how does it feel Didn't know you killed a man. to kill a man? Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's funny because this part where he's kind of like, why don't you give me a cigarette and I'll tell you. And oh, I could get, just kill a man. Right? And then, yeah, he took <laughs> a long, he took a long drag off his cigarette, and he was like, here is something you can't understand. And then, for some reason, <laughs> Sendog came out and sat Ooh, up in the back seat. How oh, I could just kill a man. Because <laughs> I firmly believe anywhere that, um, <laughs> that Be Real goes, mm-hmm. Sendog is always somewhere hiding behind a bush or something, ready to repeat something he says. Mm-hmm. Like... He'll go to, like, Filiberto's and be like, let me get extra sour cream on that. And he'll jump out from behind the building. Extra sour cream! <laughs> yeah, motherfucker! <laughs> I fucking oh, love Sendog. Oh, that was funny. The ultimate hype man. That's, Especially yeah. because, they, had, you know, we just listened to one right, of the songs. Exactly. That How about I could just kill a man? That's funny. So then he says, uh, so... I didn't know this guy was dead mm-hmm. until you just told me mm-hmm. a couple seconds ago. And you want to know how I feel about it? And that's when he's like, he should have known better. He shouldn't have gotten in the ring with me. Because I'm a bad motherfucker. I think in that moment, do you think that's where everything changed for him? And that's where he fixed the fight? Or do you think No, because you find out oh, he fixed the, the fight because he beforehand. stops and calls his bookie. Right, right, right. He fixed the fight. He bet. That he would knock him out. It yes, was- and then he let Marcellus make his bets, which made his bets more appealing. Because Bigger. everybody was going with what Marcellus thought. Mm-hmm. He bet on the underdog, which was him, because everybody knew that he was supposed to throw the fight. Mm-hmm. So everybody bet on the other dude. So him betting on himself, he won a shit ton of money. Then- and that's why he was saying, you know, like, we'll be hanging out and wherever, you know, like mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Do you think that was a, a, a stick at Marcellus? Because when they're talking, he says, you know, you're going to be like, uh, he says something about him sitting up on a beach somewhere. Yeah. You're going to be like, Marcellus is right. Right. I think it was Butch's plan from the beginning before he ever went to see Marcellus. Because, look, he got paid off mm-hmm. for taking the dive. Mm-hmm. God knows how much he gave him. Right. Because in Marcellus's mind, it was enough for him to retire to a beach for the rest of his life. Right. That was a shit ton of money. Right. 
he got all that cash on top of what he won from the like eight bookies he said then he, reported he, back he put in. All, he put all. The, I would assume he took that money that he had. You're probably yeah. You're right. He put it on yeah himself. Right. Spread it around. You're absolutely right. So and he said it's gonna take a day or two to get everything or something. Right, like that. and so everything's going good for him. So then Butch goes back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where his lady is. Her name, uh, she has a weird name. It's uh, French. Frenchy Francesca. I've written <laughs> Fabia. It's Fabia. So he goes back and Fabia's there and she's like, how did it go? And he's like, it went good. And then there's a lot of romantic shit that happens here with them. And he kind of baby talks her a little bit. And then she lays down and she's like, I wish I had a pot belly. He's like, you want to be fat? She's like, no, I just want a pot belly. That's sexy. I would, yeah. And she's like, I wear my shirts two sizes too small. And I'm like, fucking weirdo. Right. Like, so, I, uh, didn't, I didn't get that whole thing. Maybe. Right. And so I think it's just trying to show the relationship between them because then they start making out and some really intimate weird shit happens here that makes you uncomfortable because she's like, will you give me oral pleasures? Right. That's <laughs> and awesome. then he's like, will you kiss it? And I'm like, this is awkward. Fellatio. Yeah, so then <laughs> so then um they cut they, the scene goes black and you're do you just think, Do you think she has a tongue ring? I don't think she did, but uh Jody does cuz right. it helps with Felicio. <laughs> I knew that guy in high school, Felicio Martinez. Oh, he was from, <laughs> he was really popular he had, he had his, in the locker had, room for some reason. He had his brother named Dirty Sanchez. Dirty Sanchez was his cousin. Oh, and, uh, gotcha, gotcha. he dated that one chick, Amanda Hug and Kiss. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Which actually turned out to be a man? Yes. Okay. And then my cousin, my, I had a cousin from Italy that went to school with me. His name was Sal, Sal Manila. Oh, shit. But, uh, people stayed away from him for some reason. He was kind of greasy. Oof. Anyway, so after that, it goes black and, you know, they're getting it on. Yep. So then, when they come back, Butch is in the shower, and we—I don't know if anybody's aware of this. If you want to go back and look, you get a really quick shot of Bruce Willis's junk <laughs> in this scene, <laughs> and um, they're talking, and he's making fun of her, like making a retarded voice, and she gets mad. And they kind of fight about it playfully. So then, the next day. They're getting ready to go because then, it, you know, they go to bed and then they get up the next morning. And he's telling she, her because she says, are you in trouble or something like that? Well, she's like, we're in a lot of danger, aren't we? we that go. was when he first got there. And he's like, everything's going to be fine. But the next day they're packed up and everything. And she's like, I want breakfast. I want blueberry pancakes. <laughs> she's like a little kid. It's really weird. Right. I want blueberry pancakes. And um, he's kind of looking around. He's getting dressed. And he's like, where's my watch? And she's like what he's like what country are you from what ain't a country i ever heard of oh wait i went back no but he's like where's my watch and she's like it should be there and he's digging around he can't find it and he's getting increasingly more agitated and then he's like i told you it's on the little kangaroo did you get it and she's like yeah he's like are you sure and she's like yeah and then she's like no and then he loses his shit and he just starts trashing the hotel room and he's calling her a fucking whore and everything else and it's like dude you kind of see here, Butch really has some anger management issues, and this relationship may be a little more abusive than we're led to believe, because mm-hmm. he's super sweet to her, and like the flip of a fucking coin, he's like trashing the place and calling her names, and she's scared 
to death. Like she has the beaten woman type, uh, like the you know, battered woman syndrome. Yeah, like she immediately shrinks away from him. Like mm-hmm. this has happened before. So, so this is the tick and the talk exactly <laughs> of this wristwatch. Right. <laughs> so then he calms down. I thought this part was kind of cool. He actually calms down. He's like, "It's okay. I didn't." communicate to you how important the watch was and you had so much other stuff to do i get it so he's trying to kind of defuse the situation he gives her some money he's like go to the cafe get some breakfast get your pancakes i'll be back and then he's like i gotta go get my watch and she's like won't the gangsters be waiting for you there and he's like yeah thanks (laughs) so then he leaves and um he goes back to the, his apartment and he kind of sneaks up. He parks in the back. No, no, no. What he did was, I think he parked like a block over. Yeah, and he, he yeah, walked. like, and he walked across the street, and like jumped a fence and went through a field and over the river and through the woods and shit. And he comes up <laughs> through the back of his apartment complex, and he sneaks up to the uh, house and he kind of ducks in. And he didn't see anything, and he's kind of ha ha. And he runs right over to the little kangaroo that has the watch on its tail, and he takes it off. And he puts it on. And I don't know why, if somebody's out to get you, I'm going to make some Pop-Tarts. Yeah. He goes to the kitchen, and he pulls some Pop-Tarts out of the bag and puts them in the toaster and pushes it down, and he gets a weird look on his face and looks over, and he notices there's a gun with a fucking silencer on it. Mac-10. Laying on the... <laughs> was it Mac-10 or, or Dub-C? Uh, look, it could have been Nate Dog. Nate Dog, Dub-C, Ice Cube. Ice Cube, Mac-10, and Dub C, yeah, yeah. they were the West Side Connection. <laughs> connect, bow connect, down. Connect, 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 when you West, but down. <laughs> bow down. When you West, would bow. Yeah. So if you're living on the West Side of your town, <laughs> make them bow down. Yeah, there's Dub C. Uh, Good old. Uh, everybody knows Mac-10 and Ice Cube. Everybody forgets about Dub, poor Dub C. Uh, he, look, that, that motherfucker Crip Walk. Hell, oh, fuck yeah. Look, the corn video. Yes. <laughs> Yo, he was fucking Get your boogie it. on. Get your boogie on. Get your boogie on. <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome. He was, I think Hell he was yeah. on the Up in Smoke tour yes. video too, remember? Yes. He was out there sea walking. Fucking it up. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it's awesome. Fucking it up. That's a good fucking video. You know what's crazy? I so, wish I owned it. So Mac-10 is a blood. Yeah. He's a crip. Right. And, and, that just know. means music brings can us gang, all together. Connect gang, connect gang. I guess it had to have been Ice Cube. Music yeah. can bring us together. That, Love right. will build a bridge. Damn right. Well, I don't know if you remember, or you don't remember, because you weren't born yet. Maybe. No, you weren't born yet, because it was 1992. I'm 91. Thank you, motherfucker. Uh, oh, my bad. You're right. You're bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought for some reason I was thinking you were 26. Nope. My bad. That's my daughter's age. I'll be 30. My bad. Next year. So, you were just born. Just born. There we it was go. 92. Uh-huh. The Bloods and Crips album. Uh-huh. Do you know about that? Uh-huh. With the, it was the album with the Bloods and Crips. Got the, it was called Bloods and Crips. Mm-hmm. And they got together and made an album, a rap album. And everybody at the Fries I worked at was bumping it Dang. when it came out. Yeah, yeah. We were all bumping that shit. Wow. I never owned an actual copy. This is how long ago it was. I had a dubbed copy on cassette Damn. that someone had copied for me Damn. off of a cassette because mm-hmm. you had the dual tape player. Dual tape. Mm-mm. And copy uh-huh. them tapes. Look. That's how you made this. Dubbed dubs right there. Yeah, look, shit. Anyway, that reminded me of that, the Bloods and Crips album. It was badass. Yeah, it was all right. It was a good novelty. I didn't think it was as good as it should have been, but who am I? Yeah. Anyway, he sees the gun on the counter with the silencer silencer on it. And he goes over, he picks it up, and he's looking at it. And just then he hears the toilet flush in the bathroom, which is for some reason adjacent to the kitchen, which Mm -hmm. is weird. 
And uh, the door opens, and it's John Travolta, and he's got a book in his hand. He's been sitting in there reading. And it's funny because it's the same book he's reading later on in the restaurant. It's the same exact book, so he's really into it. And I kept trying to see what it was, but I couldn't get a good shot at it, and I couldn't remember. But anyway, John Travolta comes out of the bathroom. They lock eyes. This is after they've had their, I ain't your friend, Palooka. Palooka. You heard me, Punchy. Punchy. Mm -hmm. So Bruce Willis, really no expression on his face. The gun is pointing at John Travolta. He just pulls, (laughs) knocks him back into the bathroom. He falls down dead. He's all fucking riddled with bullets. And... Really, Bruce Willis, there was really no expression there, like nothing, like, fuck you. And then he goes over and he looks, and then he's leaving. He the Oh, the cool thing was he's holding the gun and they're staring at each other. Nothing happens till the toaster Pop-tarts. pops yeah, up the Pop-Tarts. As that happens, he fired. So then he's leaving and he do lays you, the do gun down. you almost down. think that, that was a... Knee-jerk reaction, like it's like it made him jump, and he pulled the trigger. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because it's you know very of the moment. You think that triggered? Oh my god! <laughs> I will say this though. Oh, I'm so funny. If Bruce Willis had been practicing proper trigger discipline, mm-hmm. his finger wouldn't have been on the trigger. Not it would have been all. pointing straight out. He right. wouldn't have had his finger on it at all. So if he did kill John Travolta on accident, that's what he gets. But I don't think Dan it was an Pop-tarts. accident. I think it was. Call me Punchy one more goddamn time. <laughs> so anyway, so then he, it's so funny. I know. It's so funny because he's leaving and he lays the gun down. He's about to go out the door. And he's like, oh, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. And he, he, he thinks to wipe the prints off the gun, which is hilarious. So he wipes the gun down real quick and then he leaves. And I love, this is one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. He gets back in his car and he goes, this is how you're going to beat them, Butch. They keep underestimating you. And he takes <laughs> off. And you remember what he's listening to? It's probably like the Beach Boys or something. It was Statler Brothers. Oh. Counting flowers on the wall. Look, I, that look. don't bother me at all. <laughs> I like this because I grew up listening to this song. My, my parents were big Statler Brothers fans. Gotcha. Playing solitaire till dawn with a deck of 51. Smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> so he's driving down the street, bobbing away to the Statler Brothers. Don't tell me there's nothing to do. And he stops at a light, and he's just kind of jamming away. And, and goddamn, who does he see crossing the street with a bag of groceries in their hand? What a dink! It's Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus motherfucking Wallace. So then it's funny because they kind of notice each other at the same time. Motherfucker. Yeah, he goes, motherfucker, drops his groceries and reaches for his gun. 50 cal? Bruce, that's what it was. Uh, it was a big-ass fucking big gun. Ass hand cannon. Bruce, yeah, hand cannon, as John Travolta <laughs> says later on. Bruce Willis jams on the gas, runs him over, runs across the street into a pole, crashes blacks out oh no uh actually it's marcellus that's blacked out because when he starts coming to there's a bunch of people around him mm-hmm. and they're like that guy was a maniac i saw everything that happened did you notice kathy griffin was there she's there for 2.5 and she's like if he needs somebody to go to court i'm gonna go to court and testify for you that guy's out of control and he's like what what who and she's like that guy right over there mm-hmm. and she he looks and he sees that it's fucking Butch. 
and everything comes back to him and he starts staggering over there like a fucking zombie shooting his gun shoots the lady yeah he shoots the lady that was trying to help butch and then butch takes off and marcellus is chasing him down the street just wildly shooting at him staggering around they're both fucked up butch finally ducks into a pawn shop as marcellus is coming by and the guy's like what's going on he's like hang on he reaches out and grabs him, yanks him, in, and starts beating the shit out of Marcellus. And he's like, you're going to feel something. Bam. That's pride fucking with you. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Marcellus, it was cool because as he's getting his ass beat, he goes, you better kill me. He's like, oh, I am. And then all of a sudden they hear, chuk, chuk. and the guy's like, get off, you know, get off him. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> get off the nigger. There you go. Okay, we said <laughs> e- E-R. E- E-R. That's a hard R, R for from my buddy Marcos. Because what happens R. is uh, when as soon as as soon as Bruce Willis runs into the pawn shop, you see the big ass Confederate flag. Right. It it, it is. So you know, there's a couple of racist motherfuckers right away. Yeah. So um, <laughs> he's got the gun on him, and he gets on the phone, and he's like. The spider just caught a couple flies. So then <laughs> you switch over and you find out he's waiting for Zed to show up. Mm-hmm. So the next time we see Bruce Willis and, you know, Butch and uh, Marcellus, they're tied to ch- a couple of chairs with, with gags, with ball gags in their mouths. <laughs> and they're, well, I think they were like spraying them with water to wake them up. I hope it was water. And I know. And they're all fucked up. So then we meet Maynard and Zed, who are brothers. And um, some bad things are about to go down, you can tell, with the ball gags and everything else. So yeah. To make this worse, yeah. Zed goes, bring out the gimp. And he goes, gimp's asleep. He goes, well, maybe you should go wake him up. So you see the guy in the background opening a box, a wooden box, mm-hmm. reaching into the box and pulling on a chain. On the other end of the chain is a guy in a full body leather suit, including his head, with just eye holes and a zipper for a mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you the, the gimp. gimp. Yeah. So they bring the gimp over and they chain him up to the wall. And they're like, which one you want to do first? And Zed's trying to decide, so he starts going, eeny, meeny, miny, mo." Now, I want to make a reference here. All right. Tarantino wrote this movie. Mm-hmm. Tarantino also wrote the, the, the script for Natural Born Killers. Mm-hmm. In the restaurant robbery scene, mm-hmm. Juliette Lewis does this exact same thing. Gotcha. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a redneck by its toe. Mm-hmm. Deciding who she's going to shoot first. Right. It's the whole eeny, meeny, miny, mo thing. It's like something in Tarantino's head. He loves that shit. So, needless to say, Marcellus ends up Nigger. being the, uh, <laughs> my mama told me to pick the best one and you are it. So, Marcellus is in a little bit of a pickle here, no pun intended. My nigga. <laughs> and uh, they drag him to the back and they shut the door and Butch can hear everything going on. He can hear them whooping and hollering and Marcella's like, oh, 
you know, he knows exactly what's happening on the other side of that door. And goddamn, if it's not going to happen to him. Do you know? Do you know who Zed is, right? Who? He's the guy from the mask. Oh, the um villain. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I've totally forgot about that. Yep, he, that's like, funny. I promise you, as soon as he gets into the picture, I'm like, hey, that's the dude from the Right, mask. you're right. That would be Dorian. a good movie. That's that, his name. That's a good movie to cover, too. Oh, yeah. I would tell you, that's probably one of the only times I thought Cameron Diaz looked good. Oh, man. She was fucking... It was... Uh, it was The Mask. Smoking. <laughs> the Mask and Something About Mary. Yeah. I think those are the only two movies she really did anything for me in, I think. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because she was sucking balls I, in fucking Charlie's Angels. Yeah, I just never thought she was an attractive woman, really. Anyway, so... What about Kirsten Dunst? No. And I hate that she was Mary Jane. No. Yeah, she was an all right Mary Jane because no. she kind of had the wholesome thing going she on. She looked homely as shit. Yeah, well, she, yeah, that's true. Uh, look, look, yeah, Mary Jane, look, Mary Jane's in, in the fucking the cartoon? The comics. Ah, hey, Tiger. Again, I don't even like white women. All right. She's not right, she's red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, Butch is really working hard to bust loose from his constraints. He's pulling on the ropes, and the chair's kind of, you know, rickety. So he ends up breaking the chair and busting the ropes, and the gimp's losing his mind. Because, yeah. Because he's got his mouth all zipped up. He's chained up, and he's fucking just kind of flailing. And he can't get loose. So then you remember Bruce Willis, Butch is a boxer, so he just hauls back and just knocks him out. Right in the jaw. Just knocks him out. So then he's running out of the pawn shop. And he stops and he thinks about it. Like, I like this little part here because he, he could have got away. Easily. It's been like, fuck Marcellus. Easily. But he stopped and thought about it. And I think as a man-to-man type of thing, he still had enough respect for him. Like, I can't let them do him like this. Right. You know? Literally and figuratively. Because it, it, it is, if you really think about it, it is self you know self-preservation is the first law of nature. Right. You know, so that is your first instinct is to... Get safe. Yep. He gets safe, and then he's like, fuck. And then he got his clear mind. Yep. Fuck. So this is great, because now he's trying to find a weapon to take back there to save Marcellus with. And he's like, he picks up a hammer. Mm. Then he moves on to a bat. Mm. Then he picks up a chainsaw, and he's kind of like brandishing that a little bit. And he stops, and he does this great look behind him and above him. And the camera follows it, and it's a samurai sword. And I wanted to look into this, but I was too lazy. I didn't do enough research. I'm almost certain. Is this the same sword from Kill Bill? I think so. I I think it it is, too. I think that's how you tie them all together. I think it is, too. Well, and then I started thinking, um, because he didn't do it, but remember in Kill Bill Volume 2, Michael Madsen was telling David Carradine that he pawned his Hattori Hanzo sword. See? And David Carradine goes, you pawned a Hattori Hanzo sword. It's priceless. He goes, well, in wherever, blah, 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 it's worth about 150 bucks. You know, but he didn't because you found out later on when he was fighting Daryl Hannah inside that it was in an umbrella holder. Mm-hmm. He hadn't really pawned it. He lied about it, but he died because the money had the snakes in it. Mm-hmm. He died, so maybe it got pawned after he died by his asshole boss from the the strip club. Remember, Michael Madsen was bouncing at the strip club, and the boss was like <laughs> pointing at his elbow. He's like, "What's that?" He's like. It's an asshole on my elbow. That's what you're as useless as. <laughs> so anyway, Bruce Willis chooses the samurai sword. Quick, quick, quick pause here. What the fuck happened to the shotgun? 
They had the shotgun back there with them. Oh. That's how Marcellus was able to use it. Oh, duh. They took the shotgun back there with gotcha. them. Gotcha. So Bruce Willis takes the samurai sword. I love this. And he sneaks back in, and he sneaks to the door, and he's got it. He's holding it up. And uh, what's the guy? He's not Zed. The other guy is... Uh, Mello or uh, Marlo? Whatever his name the, is. With the M's. I think it starts So with that M, right? guy also... Mm-hmm. Was it Maynard? There we go. He also played one of the vampires in the strip club on From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, Okay. little fun fact there. Okay. And I think he might have been in one of the sequels or prequels, too, if I remember. But I don't know. Anyway. To which one? Dust Till Dawn. Two was trash. I think trash. he was in two, actually. So did, did Tarantino do two? No, Tarantino is not involved in the sequel or the... Robert Rodriguez and Tarantino, I don't think, were involved in the part two or part three. There was three? Yeah, there's a part three. The part three is actually not bad. It's a prequel. Well, they're both prequels, but this is the all the way back in the Old West prequel that shows the story of Satanical Pandemonium. I thought, but I thought that was the show. Well, the show does it better because Robert Rodriguez actually did the show. Okay. But number three... Look, had, I'm, I'm legitimately appalled. Oh, like, it's not that bad, actually. Two was terrible. Two was awful. Three was okay. I mean, it wasn't... I mean, it was eh. Because it was T-1002, right? Wasn't he like no, the, he's in the. Uh, wasn't he the fucking? He's in cop? the series. Oh, he was in the in the movie too. I forgot mm-hmm. about. It. Yes, you're right. But in the third one, Rebecca Gayhart's in it. Eh. You remember her? Yeah. And she makes an awesome looking vampire. But that's a spoiler if you haven't seen the movie. Yes, I'm. Look, I'm and I'm. Ugh. The thing that sucks is, I love that movie so much. I'm possibly gonna have to watch it. Ugh. The, what, the, the other two? Yeah. You should. Ugh. It's not going to kill you. There's been a lot worse things done. Shit. Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Anyway. <laughs> Butch comes sneaking in with the samurai sword. Dude turns around and he slices him. <laughs> and then he steps forward and the guy's in the back room still. Uh, and then, so then... Zed. Zed figures out what's going on. He stands up and he's looking at him. And Bruce Willis is, has eye contact with him. He turns that samurai sword while he's looking turns at Zed. Turns that some bitch sideways. And just thrusts it backwards into Ooh. Maynard, finishing him off. And he holds it there for a second, still looking Zed dead in the eye, and then yanks it out. And he's like, yeah, motherfucker. What are you going to do now? That's what The Rock <laughs> is cooking, jabroni. I want you to take that samurai sword. Shine it up real nice. Turn that son bitch sideways. And stick it straight up. Your <laughs> candy, candy ass. ass. <laughs> so then he slices Zed, right? And then he lets Marcellus go. Mm-hmm. Marcellus grabs the shotgun, shoots Zed in the dick with the shotgun. <laughs> and then Ooh. he's like, I ain't done with you by a long shot. You got me. <laughs> and that's when he does your favorite line. Look, my favorite fucking line. Oh. I'm going to call some real hard pie-pitting news. <laughs> Come down here with a blowtorch and some, some pliers. pliers. We're going to get medieval on your ass. <laughs> so then uh, Bruce Willis, uh, they're, they're standing shit. there, and Bruce Willis goes, You okay? He's like, I'm a long fucking way from okay. <laughs> and he's like, what about us? And he's like, there is no us. And he was like, you get gone, you stay, stay gone. gone. And he was like, 
Don't you bring your ass back. Yeah, he was like, two things. This right here stays between you, me, and soon to, and soon to spend the rest of his short ass life in pain, rapist here. <laughs> he goes, number two, you get gone, you stay gone. He goes, you lost your LA privileges, you don't come back. And Bruce Willis is like, cool. That's it. So LA that's a G. That's a G anywhere. call right there. Right. That yep. is legit. Like, bitch, I run this town. Yep. This motherfucker doesn't. I guess these are the two people that don't know who I am. Right. But. They're going to know now. Some hard-hitting pipe niggas. <laughs> <laughs> get, you know, the blowtorch and supplies. Goddamn. You get goddamn medieval on that ass. So, yeah. So, <laughs> they have their agreement. Yep. Bruce Willis leaves. He goes back to the hotel, picks up Fabia. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. He snatches the keys. Oh, that's right. He gets the keys, and he grabs the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back to the hotel on the motorcycle. That's important. Very. And he picks up Fabia, and she won't shut up. What's going on? What is this? He's like, get on the fucking bike. We're going to miss our bus. We got to get out of here, you know? And then um, she's like, where's my Honda? He's like, man, fuck your Honda. I had to, I had to ditch it. And then she's like, whose motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? It's Zed. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> so this is great because they literally ride off into the sunset. Yes. It's freaking awesome. Very heroic. So now Bruce Willis' story in this movie is over. Mm-hmm. He's ridden off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Him and Fabia, mm-hmm. they're going to go live it up, have a beautiful life. She can get a pot belly, mm-hmm. have a bunch of babies, do whatever. So now we're back in Brett's bathroom. And where, where were they talking about going? Because he said their money would go... the bo- Oh, Mexico. Their money would spend really well out there. Yeah, it would last them a long time. Yeah, some shit like that. So now we're back in Brett's bathroom. And we're looking at that Arquette brother. I don't know which one it is. That guy was actually an Arquette. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's one of the Arquette brothers. He's But he's hiding in there with a gun. Mm-hmm. And he can hear Jules doing the Ezekiel 2517 through the door. Jasperino. So, right. Jess Bruno, 2517. So we're getting a different perspective of what happened earlier mm-hmm. through the door of the bathroom instead. So he And he's freaking out. He's scared. You can tell he's probably not used to, he's not used to holding a gun or anything. He's all shaky. So then he hears them shoot all his friends. And then he comes busting out of the bathroom. He goes, die, motherfuckers! And he starts shooting. And he empties the gun. I assume it was like a six-shooter. It was a revolver, yeah. There you go. And he doesn't hit Jules or Vincent one time. And they look at each other, and they look that they're okay. And that's when they do that double shot thing. And they blow the guy away. (laughs) This is the funny part. Marvin is still cowering in the corner. That's the little black guy Mm -hmm. where he was like, tell tell Vincent where the case is at. He's like... It's over behind the end. I didn't ask you yeah. a goddamn right? thing. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. So Marvin's still in the corner kind of cowering. And uh, Vincent goes over to him and he kind of kneels down and he goes, You didn't think it was important to tell us that there was another guy? With the goddamn hand in the cannon? Ba- in the bathroom with a fucking hand cannon? Did you forget? <laughs> <laughs> so they decided to take Marvin with them. <clears throat> but before they leave, Jules is looking at the bullet holes in the wall and going, 
We just witnessed a miracle. A miracle. This was divine intervention. And then they start arguing about it. And he's like, I'm not leaving until you admit it. And Vincent's like, we're going to be arguing about this in a jail cell if we don't get the fuck out of here. Right. Fine. It's a miracle. Can we go now? So they load Marvin in the car and they're leaving. Probably to go back because they're going back to meet with Marcellus. Mm -hmm. God knows what Marcellus was going to do to Marvin once they got him there. He probably got off easy if you think about it. Right. So they're talking about it in the car and Jules is convinced this was an act of God. God saved us. It was a miracle. And Vincent's getting mad. He's like, you know, I hear all the time that sometimes guns jam up and it looks like they're shooting, but they're not. He goes, did you see the size of that gun? It was bigger than him. Did you see the <laughs> bullet holes in the wall behind us? That gun was firing live bullets, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then John Travolta, who also doesn't know proper trigger discipline, <laughs> turns around. And right. he's, he's fucking waving that gun at Marvin. He goes, what do you think, Marvin? And Marvin goes, man, I don't even have an opinion. And he goes, but seriously, he turns around in the seat and he's pointing at him with the gun. And he's got his finger on the trigger. He's like, do you really think that God came down from the sky? And boom! <laughs> and he goes, oh, shit. And uh, Jules is like, what happened? <laughs> he goes, I think I just shot Marvin in the face. I think I just killed a man. <laughs> I could just kill a man. <laughs> Uh, so then yeah so then they freak out and jules is like what the fuck we gotta get we gotta get this car off the road you know he goes i think cops are gonna tend to notice something like a car full of brains and blood in the back seat so um he's like call somebody he goes who am i gonna call he goes call somebody have marcellus call somebody he's like we're in the valley Vincent, Marcellus ain't got no friends in the valley. <laughs> he goes, I know one dude. You better pray to God he's home. So he calls his buddy Jimmy, and they go to Jimmy's house. So now we have what they call the Bonnie situation. So they've got Jules and Vincent are in Jimmy's bathroom, and they're washing their hands, mm -hmm. and they're scrubbing the blood off their hands, and he's telling, Vin he's telling Vincent, you know, just stay cool because this kind of shit could blow up. We're putting Jimmy in a bad spot here. We got to just be cool with him and maybe he can help us, blah, blah, blah. And he's washing his hands really good. And he dries his hands all carefully, carefully hangs the towel back up. Well, Vincent's like haphazardly washing his hands. He starts drying his hands off and the towel's all bloody. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? What he's like, fuck? I'm washing my hands. He goes, I wash my hands and my towel don't look like no fucking maxi pad. <laughs> <laughs> So he's like, it's type of shit like this that's gonna bring this shit to a head. So my thought with this, you know, with this whole interaction was, he had to have been somebody of importance. Who's that, Jimmy? Yes, and the reason I say that is because the way that, um, Sam, Sam Jack, I can't uh -huh. think of his name, Jules, Jules is acting. Because, oh, and just the way that Jimmy talked to him. Yes. Like, and, don't give like, me a shit, Jules. And in that moment, you know, he's again there. Up to this point, he's been fucking Sam Jack. Right. Well, here's the other thing I thought. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe Jimmy was a childhood friend. Possibly. Because that's the only other reason he'd be able to, like, talk to him with the familiarity that he does. Or 
Jimmy might have been in the business at one time mm. and then got out of the business, you know, mm. or something. But he doesn't really seem like somebody who used to be a gangster. Like he was a, a money launderer or something. Or, some, you know, some, some bullshit. That's why I'm like, he had to he had to be somebody of an Or he was a snitch or, you know what I mean, or something. Like, he just seemed kind of like a Weasley little guy. Somebody. But, again, the, the way he's talking to Jules, you're like, Ezekiel 25 and 17. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. So you see the exact opposite. Either that or maybe it's the, you know, uh, I'm, and this is going to be a terrible reference, but I'm just going to put it out. Anyway. Okay. You know, the the suffering, you know, the Garden of Gethsemane kind of thing, you know. I'm not getting the um, connection so, there. Oh, the reason I'm saying this is because, you know, That's, he has that, that epiphany. Yeah, bring it around town. Bring it around town. So, you know, of course he has the epiphany in the in the the apartment. Right, gun, right. Boom, 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 boom. You know, now he's feeling... All of the um, emotions of everything. Uh huh. You know, it's all coming to him now. And maybe he's like, oh shit, I can't do this anymore, kind of thing. I don't know, because uh, when they were cleaning the car out, he was ready to blow Vincent's head off. He See, was so, pretty pissed off. Th- so that's why I, I tried to be. I, I tried to so be. That's that part where he's like, I'm the guns of the fucking Navarone. Right. I'm a mushroom cloud land motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> but, I was just trying to be deep right there, I promise. Right. You. No, no, I get it. it but work. that's the thing, like. <laughs> It's funny because they come out in the kitchen and they're drinking coffee. He's like, damn, Jimmy, this is some gourmet shit. Man, we would have been happy with some taster's choice, but you broke out the gourmet shit. And he's like, can you cut the shit, Jules? Right. He's like, look, man. He's like, no. Did you see the sign on my lawn when you drove in? It said dead nigger, whatever. Storage. There we go. And he's like. Come on, Jimmy. You know we didn't. Did you see the side of my lawn? The funny thing is, I think he takes you know any opportunity he can to say nigger. Right, and it still and boggles my movie. mind how he gets away with and it. Every move. Every I don't understand. Other than it kind of fits the dialogue, but it doesn't. I you know what I mean? Like it's 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 one of those things where it's like because I know people. There was a, an article or whatever written about Django. Right, and they were like they used the word, however many it's like times, like two hundred and thirty-five times yeah, or something like, like that. that. I'm like, but it, you got to think it, it fits <coughs> the time. But period. being a period piece that it was, right. that made it, sense. In the sure. same way that everybody thought I was pissed off with the Wild Wild West movie because they made James West black, mm. it had nothing to do with that. I just saw the preview for the new Batman movie. Mm. Have you seen it yet? I saw it. I think Commissioner Gordon's black. Yeah. It's, uh, I can't remember the actor's it, name. It, the guy Peoples from Shaft. Yes. <laughs> I can't, I don't, I, I've never but known. I have name. no problem with Commissioner Gordon being black. I think black Nick Fury, Samuel L. Jackson, was way doper than any actor they could have possibly got to be Nick Fury. That is badass. You know who played Nick Fury? Oh, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> David Hasselhoff played Nick Fury. I do remember that. Oh my God. Oh, shit. Could you imagine them reprising that for the Avengers movies? <laughs> Samuel Jackson was Nick Fury. So, because have... the um, Avengers Ultimate, and so in the Ultimate Universe, Nick Fury is black. Yeah, well, because they uh, they actually drew Nick Fury as Samuel Jackson in those comics on purpose. Damn. Because they love Sam Jackson. So when they started making the movies, they were like, look. We already made you Nick Fury in the comics. Mm-hmm. You know, they, literally, they drew Samuel L. Jackson. That's badass. It's freaking awesome. But what I was going to say was, I have no problem with them um, gender swapping or racial swapping characters. Like, mm-hmm. the new Battlestar Galactica series that came out a few years ago, mm-hmm. a lot of the 
the characters that were men were made into women. I had no problem with that. I had no problem with there being a black Nick Fury, a black Commissioner Gordon, whatever. It doesn't matter. I think whatever actor plays, was, plays that part the best, mm-hmm. regardless of the color, should get the part. Mm-hmm. The problem I had with that Wild Wild West movie with Will Smith was, dude, this was right after the Civil War. Right. And I know they addressed that a lot in the movie, but I was like, I'm not buying this. You know, I don't know. My thought Maybe is, it was me. It's a fucking mechanical spider. Yes. <laughs> and it was a little too over the top. And if you ever watched the old series, the old series was kind of like that. What, what old series? Wild Wild West. Oh. You didn't know it was a TV series? No. Wild Wild West was a TV series from the 60s starring Robert Conrad as James West. And he had all kinds of little devices. And Artemis Gordon was his assistant. And Dr. Loveless wasn't a legless man. He was a midget. Gotcha. And he would make like crazy steam-powered contraptions and stuff, but nothing like the giant spider like we see in the movie. Mm-hmm. They tried to capture it, but I feel like the director or the guy writing the script watched like two or three episodes of the show and, okay, I got it. So You know I what know, I mean? When it was a show that ran for like 10 years. I do know about the, the whole mechanical spider. Uh, the Whoever the guy was... Um, he wanted to do that in another movie, and it didn't fit. Oh, that so makes sense. that's how that the Mechanical figures. Spider goes into that. So I just can't remember. Right. What, I think Will Smith actually walks it down because he's like, he talks about him um, saying no to the Matrix to do the Wild Wild West instead. Yes, I've heard that. Boy, I bet he was kicking himself. Because he said, he said the... He says what happens is the Wachowski brothers come in and they're like, look, we're going to shoot the movie like this with all right. these cameras and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, look, you're going to be the one and Val Kilmer is going to be Morpheus. Oh, shit. He's like, you guys should be thanking me. See, there's for, a good example. Wild Wild West. There's an example <laughs> because I can't see anybody else no. as Morpheus no. than Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. I don't. I think Val Kilmer would have ruined the role. Like, yeah, Morpheus is Lawrence Fishburne that to me for sure. But anyway, like, for sure, bring that background to the naughty N word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how Tarantino gets away with it. Like, because because the funny thing is, it's a lot, dude. Yeah, and but in this case though, it was really funny. Right. It's like you didn't see one because that's not my job. And he's like, if my wife comes home and sees this shit, I'm getting a divorce. And it's usually him saying it. Right? So, yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I think he gets his rocks off right. by saying it. He's like, and man, it really is a mind fuck. Look, and, and <laughs> you got to think, it's like, look, it's it's all um, art imitating life kind right. of shit. <laughs> so then, um, you know, Jules is like, I just need to make a couple phone calls. He goes, well, call whoever you got to call and get the fuck out of my house. So look, he was he was bitching about it, you know. He's you really do wonder how the fuck did Jules know this Weasley little asshole? How, and how the fuck did he get away with them having this dialogue and not getting <sighs> shot in the face? You know, who Jimmy could have been. Could have been the guy. Well, no, Bonnie. You remember Bonnie's his wife? Do you remember right. when the wall? Okay, so we'll get back to this in a second. Remind me. So Vince uh, Jules makes a couple calls. He calls Marcellus. Mm-hmm. Mar- has that great conversation. Mm-hmm. What I want to hear is chill, chill the fuck out. The Calvary's on its way. And then Marcellus, you notice Mia's at the pool mm-hmm. with him. And he goes, chill them motherfuckers out. The wolf is on its way. And he's like, the oh, wolf? You said the wolf? Well, shit, Negro, why didn't you say so? 
so my like, thought you even, feel better now <laughs> so even even with that exchange he's talking to fucking marcellus wallace right you know like yeah you can tell they have they have a rapport with each other that's fine yep but he's talking to him like jimmy was just talking to him I'm right like, like he's not marcellus motherfucking wallace you know? but i think it's like <laughs> it's like you were saying jules is jules he doesn't take shit from nobody including marcellus except jimmy he takes shit from right. Jimmy. Well, That's what okay, happened. Here's what up. I'm getting at. So they show the wolf on the phone with Marcellus, and he's writing down the notes. Mm-hmm. Now, remember when they got to the apartment? What time is it? 7:22 in the a.m. Okay, so and then they mentioned at some other point that it was 8:30 in the morning mm-hmm. because they had like 40 minutes before Bonnie got home at 9:30 to get everything out of there. So you could imagine it took the wolf like nine minutes to get there, remember? Yeah. And nine minutes and 31 seconds or whatever it was. So he's on the phone. It's 8.30 in the morning. He's in a hotel room mm-hmm. at a cocktail party with people in evening gowns and shit. He's wearing a tuxedo. They're drinking champagne and listening to like classical music. It's 8.30 in the morning. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Some real swanky shit. Right? Some next level shit you and I just aren't privy to, maybe? Maybe. That's some elitist shit right there. Right? So the wolf takes down all the info. I I just always thought that was strange and funny. Fucking Catalina Wine. And then he shows up there, right? And he shows up. (laughs) And that's when he's got on his notepad. He's like... Vincent, white white guy, guy. white one. Jules, black one. So that's when he goes, you must be Jules. Make you Vincent. Blah, blah, blah. So he goes, I understand we got a situation here. And, you know, he's like... He's narrating the situation and they're showing Bonnie coming home Mm -hmm. and catching them moving the body, you know? Bonnie was a black woman. How about say she's black? What if Jules' family? Maybe. Bonnie's his cousin. Bonnie's his sister. Yeah. Maybe. And Jimmy gets away with that shit because he's not allowed to do anything to Jimmy because Jimmy's family. Maybe. You know what I mean? Maybe. So it's any kind of number of things you could come up with there. So, and then Bonnie's sick of her brother or her cousin, whoever, dragging all this shit into her life. That's why she moved out to the valley right. with Jimmy right. to get away from it. Right. You know what I mean? Because this show, she's like a, either a waitress or a nurse. She's a nurse. Yeah, but say it was, it was something. They even say she works the graveyard shift at the hospital. Oh, okay. She gets off at 9. She'll be home by 9.30. So that's when he starts giving them the instructions. You got to go out and clean the car, do this, do that. And um, I need towels, I need sheets, anything, blah, blah, blah. That we can clean up with, then I need cleaning supplies. And then Vincent goes, a please would be nice. He's like, excuse me? He goes, I just, I respect you and all. I just, I don't like having orders bark at me. And he's like, we're on a time crunch here. He goes, if you don't want my help, I can leave. And he's like, no, no, no. Jules is like, no, 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 don't go. <laughs> He's sorry. He didn't mean he was, I'm just saying, blah, blah, blah. So then that's when the wolf's like, if you do what I say, when I say it, we'll be fine. He goes, so pretty please, with a cherry on top. Go clean the fucking car. <laughs> so then <laughs> I fucking love Harvey Keitel. Oh, shit. So then, is so funny. Right? All you wanted to please, and you got a fucking tune yeah. in there. <laughs> Harvey Keitel. I'm oh. in control. I'm calling the shots. 
So then the wolf's on the phone with the junkyard, and he's telling them to make him all of the car, and he's got to dispose of it, get rid of it, blah, blah, blah. And then he, uh, Jimmy comes in and sits down. He's like, um, hey, these are the sheets that my aunt and uncle got us, and they're not with us anymore. And um, I just, I don't know, they were a wedding present. And he goes, Jimmy, were your aunt and uncle, were they rich? He's like, no. He's like, well, your uncle Marcellus is. <laughs> and I'm sure he will absolutely have no problem reimbursing you for your sheets. And he goes, how does new bedroom set sound? He's like, oh, that, that sounds pretty good. And he just pulls this big fat wad of cash out of his pocket. And he goes, that ought to do it? He was like, oh, yeah, that's great. Thanks, Mr. Wolf, you know. <laughs> uncle Marcellus. And what if it really was his uncle? Yeah. Now that we're talking about family, I don't know. Could be. So then we got Jules and Vincent. They're out in the or, garage. You got to think maybe he's kin to um, Mia. Oh, shit. And it it's could like be. Mia's brother or something. You know? Dude, it could be anything. That's what? the crazy shit. Mind fuck. Right? <laughs> so then Jules and Vincent are out cleaning the car, and they're arguing. And Vincent's, or Jules is like, why am I even back here cleaning up the brains? You're the one that should be on brain detail. And then Vincent's like, look, I'm cool with you and everything. I just need you to know I'm a race car, and right now I'm in the red. And he's like, oh, well, I'm a mushroom cloud laying motherfucker, motherfucker. I'm the guns of the Navarone. <laughs> and he's like, look, I'm just telling you, it's not safe for a car to, race car to be in the red. And that's when he's like, you're getting back. You're on brain detail. And then uh, they get the car cleaned up, and they come out and look at it. And like, it looks pretty good, gentlemen. And it's all covered up. The blankets are over the back seat. Everything's been cleaned off. And they're all kind of congratulating him. <laughs> and uh, the wolf goes, well, let's not start sucking each other's dicks just yet. We got a lot to do still. So then they take him in the back, and they're, he's like, get those bloody clothes off. He's I'm sure you've all been to county before. You know the drill. And he tosses them soap, and he starts hosing <laughs> them off. And they're, like, washing themselves off, and they took their clothes off. And um, so then uh, they throw some clothes at him. They're like, now get dressed. And... They're wearing, like, the banana slug shirt and, like, these running shorts and, like, just a T-shirt and shorts. It looks ridiculous. And then the wolf and, and Jimmy are kind of laughing at him, like, what do they look like, Jimmy? He goes, eh, dorks. They look like dorks. Ah, they're laughing. And then Jules goes, don't these forget, are these are your clothes, motherfucker. <laughs> so then um, they cut to the junkyard, and they're dropping off the car. And Julia Sweeney comes out, and she's the daughter of the guy that owns the junkyard. Mm -hmm. And he seems, the wolf is very comfortable and cool with her, too. So probably him and the owner of the junkyard have been in business for a long time. Right. And he's probably watched her grow up or something. These are blanks that I'm filling in myself. So then um, he introduces her to Jules and Vincent. He's like, someday all this will be hers. And then... Um, He's like, do you guys need a ride? And then he's like, I live in Inglewood. And then Vincent lives somewhere else. And he's like, oh, I see a vision. There's a cab in your future. He goes, move out of the sticks, fellas. <laughs> and then she says something to him. And he says, oh, it's it, it's good. It, it develops character. And she goes, I have character. He goes, no, just because you are a character doesn't mean you have character. Wah, wah. They get in the car and they're going to breakfast. Mm hmm Blueberry pancakes. Probably. So then <laughs> Jules and Vincent are going to catch a cab. He's like, you want to share a cab? And he's like, I was thinking I might want some breakfast, Vincent said. So he goes, you want to have breakfast with me? 
He's like, yeah. So then they go to the cafe and they're having breakfast. And um, he's like, you want, Vincent's like, you want some bacon? And Jules is like, no, I don't eat pork. And he's like, why not? He goes, I don't know. I just don't dig on swine. And he goes, <laughs> pig's a filthy animal. Pig roots and eats its own shit. I, I don't want to eat no filthy animal. And he goes, but pork chops taste good. Bacon tastes good. He goes, and what does he say? Um, rat might taste like fucking... <laughs> what does he say? I, what, Fuck. I can't believe I'm forgetting that. Is he Flamingon? No. Yeah, like, I'll never know because I won't eat the dirty motherfuckers. <laughs> so then um, he's like, a pig's a filthy animal. And he goes, what about a dog? He goes, I wouldn't eat a dog either. He goes, but a dog eats its own shit. Would you classify the dog as a filthy animal? He goes, well, I wouldn't call them filthy, but they're definitely dirty. But a dog's got personality, and personality goes a long way. He goes, <laughs> again, this is a total a conversation between me and my assistant manager at U-Haul. We did this show all the time. So by that logic, if a pig had personality, he would cease to be a filthy animal. He goes, I'd take an awful lot of personality. He'd have to have way more personality than that Arnold on Green Acres. <laughs> that was a great reference. If you guys don't know what Green Acres was, it was a sitcom back in the uh, 60s with Zsa Zsa Gabor's sister, Ava, oh. about a businessman that moves his rich wife out from New York to the country to this little town. And there's a pig running around named Arnold that's like the pet of the shop owner or whatever. But it's... That's Green Acres. I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid. So anyway, they go back into the talk of miracles, and um, Jules is saying that he is retiring. And he's like, what are you going to do? And Jules goes, I'm going to travel the earth. He goes, what do you mean you're going to walk the earth? He goes, like you know, King like King Kung on Kung Fu. Fu. He goes, so you're going to be a bum. He's like, no, <laughs> I'm going to walk the earth like King on Kung Fu and have adventures. He's like, yeah, with no permanent address, no, no source of income, no job. Yeah, he goes, you're going to be a fucking bum. It's like those guys out on the street that eat from the trash that I throw away. And uh, they start talking about it. And, and this is the conversation they're having when the movie first starts. Yes. You hear, yes. You, you can see. hear during the opening scene, you can mm -hmm. hear Jules talking about leaving the business. And you can see Vincent walk to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So while they're having this conversation, they're talking about miracles. And um, Vincent goes, to be continued, I'm going to go take a piss. He doesn't take a piss. He's taking a shit because he's in there reading that same book that got him killed later earlier in the movie. Right. So, and this is a great part of the movie because people that haven't really followed it closely start going, I'm confused. I thought John Travolta got killed. How is he? In? I don't understand. And those kind of people, I want to take them out in the middle of the road and just beat them with a brick because I can't stand it. Anyway, so now we cut to the beginning of the movie, which is Pumpkin and Honey Bunny. Mm. Everybody cool, this is a robbery. And if you fucking pigs move, I'm going to execute every motherfucking last one of you. <laughs> so they're going around and they're, they've got trash bags and everybody's throwing their wallets and their jewelry and everything in the bag. And he gets to Jules and Jules puts his wallet in the bag, but you can see he's got his gun under mm -hmm. the table. Mm-hmm. So then um, Tim Roth is like, I need the case too. And Jules is like, I can't give you the case. And he's like, give me the case. And he puts the gun up. 
So Jules puts the case on the table and he opens it. And Tim Roth opens it and looks at it. And that's when you see the glowing light. And Honey Bunny's going, what is it? What is it? And he can't answer. He's just staring. And he goes, is that what I think it is? He goes, yep. He's like, it's beautiful. I said, come on, what is it? So then uh, all of a sudden, uh, so then he tells, uh, John Travolta comes out at that point, And he. No, 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 no. He grabs him first. Oh, that's right. He grabs him. That's right, because he's like. And he puts the gun to him. Yep. And then she, that's when she comes running over, and she's like, you let him go! You let him go! Right. You can tell she's like not mentally all there. Mm-hmm. And then that's when John Travolta comes out of the bathroom, and he's got the gun on her. Mm-hmm. And Jules is trying to defuse the situation. Whoa, 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 honey bunny. No, no, no. So uh. before John Travolta comes out, he's telling her, he's like, look, tell this bitch to be cool. Yeah. Tell her to be cool. Tell her to be cool. Wasn't that because she was freaking out about John Travolta, though? Mm-mm. No. So, because she's freaking out. Cause she oh, has, you're right. You're right. Because he has a gun on her. And he's like, we're all going to be a bunch of little Fonzies. Mm-hmm. And what's Fonzie like? He's cool. He's cool. All right, that's what we're going to be. We're going to be cool. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, because this is when he's like, get my wallet. Yep, he's like, you see that John wallet? Travolta's come out by that time, though, because he tells him, because he goes, which one's yours? He goes, the one that says bad motherfucker. And it's actually a wallet that says bad motherfucker. I bought my daughter that wallet for Christmas a couple of years ago because they had it at Zia Records, so several valley locations, one near you. And um, So you a bad motherfucker, huh? Yeah, well, I bought it for my daughter. No, she's a bad motherfucker that made her bad motherfucker. Now she's a bad motherfucker. You made her bad And we read in the trivia now. last week that that was actually Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino's wallet. So, so funny. So because he diffuses the situation in that moment, mm-hmm. you know. And well, then, then John, Travolta John Travolta comes, comes out, out and he pulls the gun on Honey Bunny. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, like wait, whoa, wait, point wait, the wait. gun at me, point wait, the gun right, at me. Right here, right here. But then, because he's got the wallet, and mm-hmm. he goes, how much money is there? He goes, about $1,500. And he goes, take it, because then John Travolta goes, if you give this dirtbag $1,500, I will shoot him on general principle. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, he's like, I'm not giving it to him. I'm buying something. He's like, do you know what I'm buying? His life. He's like, your life. That's some cold shit. Right? This is just like when uh, they were interviewing Vanilla Ice about when Suge Knight and his thugs jumped him, Mm -hmm. and he gave him a check for a million dollars, and Arsenio goes, what do you think that that million dollars bought you? What was it for? And he goes, my life. (laughs) Look, it's it's one of those moments where you're like, all right. Right. And remember, we talked about it on the last episode. Again, them, them, so what the... um, whatever the the internet is saying about what's in the case right so fuck what are they called i can't think of it. marcellus wallace's soul no 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 but i'm saying what are they the, the conspiracy there theories, we go, the yeah. theories um again he sees that divinity right and it's it, like yeah. holy shit and it changes his life too so he closes it you know and then i think with him saying i bought his life yep he's like like a you, Jesus type you, character, you definitely there. bought my you right bought my life. because again, he just if if that is what is in the case, exactly. He saw the you know Marcellus Wallace's soul, blah yep. blah blah, and he's like, okay, well, he had a because Vincent and too. Jules because could have dispatched those two small time thugs without a second thought, clearly. But Marcellus Wallace tells Tim Roth, he says. He tells him the Ezekiel twenty five seventeen again. He's like Jules tells Jules tells Tim Roth that oh, I'm sorry. He was, he was gonna have to change that on the next episode. So you fucking up. Sorry. 
<laughs> Jules, that's what you're here for, man. Of course, Keep me straight. Of course, of course. Jules tells Tim Roth, that Ezekiel 25, 17, and then he's like, now I used to think that was just some cold ass shit to say to a motherfucker before I killed him. Because if you heard it, it was your ass. Mm -hmm. You know? And then he's like, but now I'm thinking about it. He goes, I've had an interesting day. And he says something like, maybe I'm the shepherd mm -hmm. and you're the lost children. And he goes, or maybe. I'm the wrath. I'm the wrath of evil men and you are the tyranny or, you know, right. whatever, blah, blah, blah. But pretty much he's, a, I'm either the good guy or the bad guy here. He goes, but I'm trying really hard to be the shepherd. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm, that's why he gave him the money. He's like, take the money. He goes, you got 1500 bucks with uh, all the other wallets and the register and the jewels. He goes, the jewelry is, this is a pretty good haul, isn't it? He's like, yeah. He goes, take it and leave. So then he grabs, Tim Roth grabs Honey Bunny and they leave because he, he's like, I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd here. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to shepherd you through the valley of darkness. Right. Because I would like to think maybe after this, they decided to give up that life, too. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Right. Oh, and shit. My life realized coming back. Oh, I can't think. Uh, been spending most of my life <laughs> in gangsters paradise. That's funny. Power and the money. Money and the power. Minute, minute after minute. minute. Hour hour after hour. Hour. Look, I used to listen to that song. Oh, oh my God. That was a big hit. Yeah. Then he got mad when Weird Al made fun of it <laughs> uh, Amish Paradise uh, poor Coolio <laughs> remember his other hit come along oh, yeah, and ride on the fantastic voyage fly fly, fly I always fly. do that I, cause in that your one, mama ain't got no hair on the side right in that in that song he's like, he goes you better make a left <laughs> and I do that all the time when we're driving you better make a left <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Oh, man. So then uh, Vincent comes up to Jules, and he's like, it'd probably be a good idea if we leave now. And he's like, yeah. So they go, and they do this great thing where they grab the case, they get to the door, and they've got their guns in their hands, they both look around at the same time, and they both put their guns in their hip, band, in their, hip their waistbands mm -hmm. and put their shirts over them, and then they walk out. And, you know, now they're on their way to their meeting with Marcellus mm -hmm. before the other stuff that happened in the movie. And then we roll credits. That's <laughs> the end. And it's like that. I, I can't do the music, but it's right. it's really cool. Um, that's Pulp Fiction, man. Pulp Fiction. We made it through. Right. Pulp motherfucking fiction. You're goddamn right. All right. So on a scale of one to ten, what did you think of this movie? Seven and a half. Really? Mm -hmm. Seven and a half? Seven and a half. You I got to say, I'm a little shocked. Um, you you want to know why? Why? Outside of it being... So I, I understand why the movie gets the praise that it gets. Mm -hmm. um, because of how how the movie is structured. Right. You know, it, it's, it's definitely one of those things to where you're like, damn. If you really, really think about it, you know, it's... It, it's a it's an experience yes you know um but it's a movie about dialogue and yes i out, love it outside of that dialogue if you're not a dialogue person right you have a little bit of guns right like legitimately it is it's not your basic verse chorus verse it, it is a lot of just movie. 
casual banter. Yeah, I that love is, it. I, that is all that the movie is. I liked really it because it was so different from anything else. It was a homage to a bunch of stuff that I liked that I used to watch, like the noir, the mm. detective movies, and all that other shit. And um, when it came out, man, it was so 90s, and it was so stylized. Dude, I know, for like, me and my friends that I hung out with, we wanted to be in that world. We wanted mm-hmm. to be Jules and Vincent. You know what I mean? Like, we wanted to walk around with the suits and the bullet ties and be cool and fucking <laughs> hang out at Jackrabbit Slims and roll our own cigarettes. It was fuck. The movie was just cool. Mm-hmm. It just dripped cool. I give this movie a 9.5. Damn. It's as close to his 10 as I'm probably ever going to get because I love this movie. I've Damn. seen it so many times. And, um, yeah, it just, it did it for me. It was, I think I was the right age. It was the right time. Cause I think I was 20, mm-hmm. 21 when this movie came out and it was like, damn, that would be the coolest world to live in. Everybody's cool. Like the movie references and everybody knows about shit and they know about music and you know, just those are the kind of, kind of people that you would kind of want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Like you would hang out with the, the drug dealer guy, Lance, you know, like, and you know what I mean? You'd go out of his house and hang out or whatever and hang out with Trudy or do whatever you're going to do, you know? So, like, with, with again, watching the movie, I was like, eh. I, don't get me wrong. I understand. And I I, I understand the cult following it has right. and why uh, <clears throat> it's praised the way that it is. Yeah, great shit. But if you really break down the movie, it's dialogue. Right. There's and no, I love dialogue. There's no... Like, like if, if if you really, really think about it, outside of the twist being that the movie is jumbled. Yeah. If you put the movie front to back. Oh, yeah. It would have been horrible. It's a movie. Right. Like, legitimately. Right. It is a movie that is, it's a long, drawn out movie because it's, what, two hours and some change or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it's over two hours. Like, outside of it. Outside of it having flashbacks of this happened, this happened, mm-hmm. that happened, and then you seeing the inner workings of everything happening, right. and you you being able to unjumble what is happening, that's dope. Also, the other thing that would ruin this movie, mm-hmm. if you took the soundtrack away... Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. If you took the soundtrack away, for sure. this movie falls flat on its face. For sure. This is such... And that's why I love it, though, because mm-hmm. it's such a great mix of the music, the way it was shot... The directorial style, cinematography, the dialogue, everything is in the right place at the right time and the right mixture just so to make it a great movie. You got to think. So let's let's look at uh, Jackie Brown, for example. Yes. Um, is it is it similar to the movie? Not really. I'm like, kind of. But you got to think it's a very... Whereas it's in the same universe. It's a very linear movie, though. Yes, right? it is. And most people are like, what? And a lot of people, the people that like Reservoir Dogs and, mm-hmm. and Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. didn't like Jackie Brown. Because it's very didn't linear. Didn't see Jackie Brown. Right. Because it was filmed more like a regular movie. Exactly. But I love that movie, too. Because it it's got all the same stuff in it. Mm-hmm. It's got the great soundtrack, the great dialogue, the great characters. Mm-hmm. You want to know more about every character in these movies. Because they're fucking cool. So, uh, you again, know? I bring that up to say... You have those two movies that you think of when you think Tarantino, you think Reservoir Dogs, yep. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. In in no specific order. Right. You know, but then there he has what? Uh this last one made nine movies that yep. he has or eight? And he said he's only making ten and then he's done. Wow. That's why every time a movie comes out they say the sixth movie by Quentin mm-hmm. Tarantino. Because I think he said he was only making like ten or something like that, and then he's done making movies. 
for good. So, BBG meter. Um, Very there, low. There's, I was about to say, is there... The only boob that we do see is the, the red dot. Right. <laughs> so Thank you. Come again. So there's no <laughs> Who needs the quickie mart? <laughs> Would you I like a slushy? The quickie mart. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> poo was. A poo. <laughs> I liked when uh, him and his wife separated and they were trying to get them back together. So they invited them both to dinner. And then they had like the collie puppet come mm-hmm. down and be like, trying, oh, you guys should be together. And then. The lady stands up and she goes, It was very nice of you to try, but it's going to take more than a night of dinner and blasphemy to get a poo and I back together. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, BBG meter's low because the only blood even we really get is when he shoots Marvin in the face. Well, there's a little bit trickling out of her nose. Out of Judy, out of Mia's nose. Mia, but I mean like gratuitous is when he shoots Marvin in the face. Because even when Brett and them get shot, there's no blood. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Or when what's name gets shot in the dick. Oh, that's true. That too. So, But still, I'm going to give the, on the blood tip, I'm going to give it a three. I can't even give it that. It's like and a And then one. on the, the guts, I give it a nothing. And on the boobs, nothing. I give it a nothing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe a two. Maybe I'll drop it down to a two. Look, I, look, I, it's I, a little because that the whole shotgun blast against the back window was awesome. It was freaking awesome. Gotcha. So you know, there's that. Outside of that, um, again, I, it's it's a very enjoyable movie and a watchable. Oh yeah, movie. I love it. Um, but me being, you know, me just being, I guess the stickler that I am, right? And and, and not trying to drag the movie down or nothing like that. No, but not at all. Understanding again the the stylistic um shots of the movie the 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 way the movie is brought about those are all really really fresh right um takes on like old shit so it's dope yep. to see them in uh, in in the Tarantino verse yes you know it is it is um a beautiful concept with that right. outside of again if the movie is set up just like a regular movie eh. it would be something totally different eh. Speaking of, our next movie was actually your pick. You yes. picked this movie out, which is cool. Yes. I like that we're getting you up in the mix here. You got damn right. So let's check out what we're doing next time on 700 Tapes. These are the armies of the night. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? You ought to know what it the is just from that. The boppers. The hi-hats. The lizzies. The Turnbull ACs. The Gramercy Riffs. Riffs! Yeah! And these are the Warriors. We know about the Warriors. They're a heavy outfit. They're from Coney Island. Warriors? You guys are the big dudes, huh? Now, they're in the Bronx. We're going back. 27 miles behind enemy lines. It's the only choice we got. Between them and safety stand 20,000 cops (laughs) and 100,000 sworn enemies. I want them all. I want all the warriors. They've got one way out. 
got one chance. They've got one night. The Warriors. So there it is. Next time on the 700 Tapes Podcast, we will be bringing you Warriors. Come out and play. I love this movie. I had a lot to say about it. I can't wait. Hell yes. Can't wait. Oh my god, I love this movie so much. Like, and I, I, I think we were talking last week or the week before, and I'm almost certain this is a top ten movie, maybe even top five for me. Nice. I would recommend out of all the movies we've done, if you guys have not seen this movie, watch it before the next episode. Oh yes. Dude, it will change your life. Yes. The, the whole fact that it's set in the 70s in New York, it's so gritty. Oh. It's such a gritty movie. Anyway, that's what we're doing next time. Hell yes. Uh, you got anything else you want to say before we... Uh... Ta-ta, motherfuckers. I have something I want to say that I didn't realize until um, I started doing this outro just now. The outtakes that we did of the opener, mm-hmm. I think I closed them without saving them. Oh, I'm shit. so sorry. So I know I promised you guys outtakes. There aren't any outtakes. Damn. They got, so, they got taken out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was closing out windows to get oh. this started, and I think I exited and I didn't save it. Sucks. So, sorry about that, guys. If you were looking forward to those outtakes, they no longer exist. And it's probably, what, like seven minutes or six minutes? Edition? It was a good seven-minute clip. <laughs> but it was a long intro, too. Right. So. so you guys got the cream of the crop, the best of the, the best. The creme de la creme, if you will. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed the fuck out of Pulp Fiction. I can't yes. wait for the Warriors. Fuck yes. I love doing this with you. Hell yes, and I as Hell yeah. Well. So we will meet back here next Sunday, next same Sunday? bat time, same bat channel. Right. Until then, you guys stay cool out there. And I'm Jasperino on behalf of the man, the myth, the legacy, Mr. Roman Alvarado. Thank you for joining us on 700 Tapes, and we will see you motherfuckers on the flip side. Peace. Damn, we got no outro music. We ran out the music. I'm not going to do that to you guys. Hang on a second. I'm going to find you something to listen to here. Damn. We're going to go to YouTube. I'm going to pull up the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Uh, usually I have a... You know what it is? It's that that whatever... Um, that Son of a Preacher Man. It's a, it's a, it's a short song because it's an old song. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, usually the songs are longer. So by the time we do the outro... By the time we're done talking, there's a good minute or so of music left because I like to leave it with music. Gotcha. Because it sounds kind of flat mm-hmm. when um, you're just you're talking. Oh, we'll see you guys later, and then yeah, we're not there anymore. So Dusty Springfield, that's what I was playing. Gotcha. So uh, let me find one of the other songs from that, and I will play it so that you guys can have something to listen to. Um, this one is really cool. This is Maria Mackey, If Love is a Red Dress, on the 700 Tapes Podcast. This was in the movies. Dude, I love the reverb and everything on these old songs. Mm -hmm. So fucking cool. We leave you guys with this. 
for the planning we did, we made a lot of flubs in this one, which goes to show when you try, it doesn't come out as good as when you don't try, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, too high for this shit. We'll catch you guys on the motherfucking flip side. 700 tapes. Freaks and weirdos. See ya.
Yeah.